Pete's still getting his beer. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I am Pete. back. Pete, this Pete. should be very interesting. Oh, fuck. I opened one of Dez's drinks, and I can't drink this. <laughs> oh. God damn it. I don't know what to do with this. Oh my god, what have we done with ourselves? This is the 200th, count it! 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, I'm not going to count all the way up to 200, 200 episodes. 199, 200. There you go, 200, uh, ellipsis in between, 200th episode of the Triangles Net podcast. I am your host, and Pete hates it when I do this, Mr. Chupon slash Austin of the site. And I'm here with our usual crew of misfits. There's Al in the corner. What? There's Pete There's in the spotlight. In the corner. There's oh, fuck. Pete in the spotlight. Yeah. You were doing that. Kitchen. I didn't even know you were doing that. I was, I was <laughs> totally doing that. And we, we have two very special, special, special guests with us today. Part of the guestified orgy. Um, these are the only two who are awesome enough to make it. Uh, I don't know if my cock really counts as a special guest, but. Oh, well, I started right off with a cock joke. Zing. Uh, we just hello. lost everybody who was listening. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them. NerdAlert.com's very own Jimbo James Jamin Jamito Rogan. Uh, yes, that's that's me, kind of. Hello. You know, when I see the word jamming, I just think of log jamming from uh, fucking Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a nihilist, so. Just, uh, you know. And former f- third or fourth, depending on how you want to count, since half the time Ethan wasn't there. Chair slunks slunkadunka. Yeah, when we say 200, do we have to say the TH on the end? The 200, you can say it F. 200. 200th. 200th. So what is this? 200th. 211th. 2011th. I'm making a New Year joke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're making it with a mouthful of cheese. Mm. 2011th. 200th. Try games. Oh, oh, James is implying that that's not cheese in your mouth, Pete. Your retort? Um. It is hot joke. <laughs> there we go. Oh, all right. Uh, well, we originally planned to have an orgy of former guests and chairs, uh, but uh, for those who couldn't make it, we pour out a forty for you. Even though Rob Alshrend is on Skype and not busy, he is not answering our calls. So, um, but yeah, for the rest of them, uh, pour out a forty. Uh, we wish you were with us, but that's okay. Uh, we are going to start off with. Well, we're going to start off with the mailbag, you know, because we rarely get mail these days. So, are you ready, everybody? No. Woo! Hang on. I- Got to take a drip, drink of beer. I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment. E.T. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So, this first email is from Tonic BH. Hey, bros. Congrats on 200 episodes. Been listening since God knows how long only he knows. And can't wait to hear you guys through... 2011, which has too many syllables. Unfortunately, I'm bad at questions, but then I thought about how you guys are, were, into those guitar heroes and rock bands and such, so I thought of an interesting question. Harmonix has been re-releasing various songs that I have been on the store before with Rock Band 3 versions. I'm sorry, I misread that. Let me start again. Yeah, you did. I I know what he's saying. I drink a beer. Harmonix has been re-releasing various songs that have been on the store before with Rock Band 3 versions. 
songs with added keys and harmony support. What do you guys think of this highway robbery? Worth it if you're into keyboard, or do you not buy much DLC to care that much? Tonic BH. Who wants to start first? I got an answer. Oh, Oh, fuck. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) My headset went crazy on that one. Good guy. Sorry. Uh, So, I really haven't bought much DLC in the past, like, month or two because of other stuff, but when I was buying a bunch of DLC and that stuff came out, like, I'm interested in it because I want to get the pro pro guitar. Uh, Not so much interested in the harmony stuff, but, and, like, you know, the key support. (laughs) Excuse me. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, it hits a spot. I can smell Don't it. know if that was a cheese or beer uh. back up. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, we've just Stinky. lost. We just <laughs> lost our second and last listener. But keep going. It's okay. So, yeah, like. <laughs> slugs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, slugs. That was. That was... I think I just puked on my microphone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> This podcast is over. What have I done? Keep going, Pete. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> so, I, well, I don't think it's highway robbery. I don't want to pay the prices they're asking for those things if I even was still, like, super into Rock Band, which I'm sure it'll come around again because it comes in phases and I'll be like, yeah, let's play Rock Band for another, like, three months and be how, all obsessed about it. How much are they? How much are they? Do you know? Oh, God, I can't remember. I know it's at least 160, if not more. Okay. Like, points Um, okay. on Xbox 160. What's that? Aren't they originally 160 points? I think that yeah, they're for like a, a dollar more. 160. For, for like I think if you're upgrading, but I think if you're, bu- I don't, I don't remember how it works because it's been a while since I looked at the store. Either way, I just wish they would come out with a you know once and done thing. Like seriously, just tell me to pay like I don't know 50 bucks, something like that, or 60 bucks, and like just upgrade all my songs that can be upgraded, and then. From then on, just charge regular prices for new songs that have this new content in it, or like maybe a little bit more if you want to charge more, whatever. Right. But I don't want to pick and choose the ones that I want upgrades for. I'd rather just have them all done with. Right. So, yeah, that kind of actually put me off of the whole uh, like Rock Band three added support stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. What else okay. does everybody think? I have an answer. Oh, Slunks has an answer. Okay. Wow, he's quick on the draw. Yeah, got the buzzer here. Uh. <laughs> I know a lot of people are like asking for, I don't know, the whole like pay 50 bucks and you get all the songs available for six months or something like that. You just get everything. I know a lot of people are asking stuff like that. But with like the updates and stuff, it's, I don't know, I guess it's just for the people who want them. If you don't want them, you don't get it. So I mean, I'm not asking for a subscription model. I just want those upgrades done with. Yeah. I think they should just patch it in. How much work is it really? I mean, it's, it's a lot it's of a work. Lot. It is a lot of work. I mean, I guess yeah, note tracks and stuff, and it's across probably what six, what five or six instruments. So yeah, I mean, I guess I see both ways, but it's it, just knowing from like I have a couple of friends who actually uh, like one of my friends actually started a uh, a rock band chart tracking you know company, uh, and they they fucking bust their ass just for you know the core instruments you know already, and so then you add the keys in there and the pro guitar in there, then that's you know they, yeah. they have to they have to listen to the music and then they have to break it down and then they have to like you know use their musical know-how to translate it into something that makes sense for all four difficulty levels and then you got the pro so and then it's it's got to be fun <coughs> <coughs> right right nerd alert thoughts um well i actually haven't played rock band <coughs> in quite some time but just an aside i actually met tonic bh at pax last year at oh, the rock neat. band booth nice. so oh, snap yeah it was pretty crazy um but i don't know i 
I haven't played Rock Band 3 at all, and I've really wanted to play Keys and stuff. I think in certain instances I would, I would want to pay the money, but, I mean, it, it'd be kind of ridiculous to to do that, I think, to a certain point, you know, past the music that you really want. But I don't know. Not the but best do you think if they to... offered, like, a subscription model that both, like, made Harmonix profit off that but also made consumers happy that there, there this problem wouldn't exist? If there I like was... how you called it Harmonix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. I think in order for it to be a profit, they'd probably have to jar- charge a ridiculous amount, like probably like two hundred dollars for a year or something, to get there, every song ever available. There's that, and there's also the fact that like having rock band songs on demand is technologically probably a, a, a still a, a little bit away. Like we don't, I don't, I don't think yeah. we have the network bandwidth, or or at least most of us don't have the network bandwidth to be able to just stream because those songs aren't like those songs aren't like mp3s right they're, they're, they're actually 50 megabytes they're yeah. 50 megs and so that's kind of a lot to stream i don't know that we're there yet in terms of being able to and then of course um you hear you, you probably hear a lot of complaining from the record companies that are like dude what the fuck like this agreement like they, they'd have to basically structure a new licensing agreement exactly i bet you no. we're not making any money off of this yeah, we don't know how to make money using digital stuff because we're still based back in in vinyl, forty fives and shit. Shit, yeah. Oh. And you know, actually, I wouldn't want really streaming for that for Rock Band because like Rock Band is a game that I like to play. Like if my internet were to go off for any reason, that's a game yeah. I would throw in. Right. right. Well, I'm not saying streaming. I'm just saying <clears throat> unlimited subscription. Unlimited, yeah. yeah, unlimiting downloading. No, that's a good like point. I, Rhapsody I, I, or whatever, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Al. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. Well. I'll just like to say that I have only played Rock Band 3 once, and that was at the Minoritas reunion party in <laughs> December. Minoritas! And um, <laughs> I think Rock Band 3 is really cool, but um, I just am not really into the stuff anymore like I used to be. But I think that if they did Rock Band 3 versions of some of my like really, really most played songs, I would most likely buy them. If I have Rock Band 3. Uh, I think that it's worth it if you're into keyboard because uh, you get something that's specific to that. Like playing, I didn't play any um, guitar f- tracks with the keyboard, but I know Austin did. Um, so maybe he can put some input on it to see if, you know, it would be worth it to play a more, you know, focused keyboard element than to play something that's just keyboards imitating another instrument. Right. If you, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, and I was—I don't really know what the price is. I think it's a dollar more, but um, I honestly would buy like Panic Attack. I would get Panic Attack if it was if it had harmonies and uh, keyboards. And well, I would get pretty much there's only one Dream Theater song <laughs> because the other one is already DLC. Uh, but groups that have keyboards in the group. And then they have songs in Rock Band. I think that they would benefit for people who are into that kind of thing. Right. Um, I, just from playing the, the pro version of the keyboards on... How far... I can't remember how high up one. I must have gone like medium <clears throat> at the most. That thing is really hard to learn, at least for me. Um, and like I took like a year of piano, I guess. And so I'm familiar with what the keyboard layout is and what notes are what. Um, so I have a basic understanding of like if I know this song, um, I'm going to be able to approximate how to play some of it. But like it's still 
there's some some of the songs you played like it's just just reading that chart and getting like those black mm-hmm. keys um was really difficult yeah and so if you like if you were 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 to to say huh i want to sit down and learn this keyboard and go through go through it from easy to pro like that's a lot of gameplay like Definitely. Uh, a huge huge bucket of gameplay and so if you were wanted to be dedicated that i would say just from my like hour or so of playing on keys um which ended up in my wrist hurting for like the rest of the day um, right. <laughs> I, I i would say that yeah i mean it is kind of worth it to buy the songs um i i, I don't think it's highway robbery necessarily necessarily but i think it would be nice if instead they're like all right if you want the pro version um and i think this has already been said before a couple of minutes ago but um like pay us i don't know like what's a dollar 80 points Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, eighty points or something, and we'll tack on. I don't even know if that's technologically possible, though. so you know. So I, I don't know. Um, but that that that's to me that would be the ideal. Uh, you know, barring a, a subscription type of thing. You know, being like, all right, if you want the pro track, um, and you already have this song, um, give us like a dollar more, and we'll add on the pro it's guitar like, and the pro keys. Just pay the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah more or less. Yep. <laughs> on the side, on the side, like just talking about the piano. It's it's really funny because I recently hosted a little bit of a rock band party with some coworkers and a stuff. Soiree. Yeah, and <clears throat> one of my coworkers, Jenny, she's been playing piano all her life, mm. and she pretty much threw it on easy and was like, oh, "Okay, I got the hang of the interface and stuff." And then she just switched on to expert and was just like rocking out like no problem. She didn't play on pros, but it's funny because I can't even do that, and I've had way more rock band guitar hero experience than her. Right. You know, forever. This is just regular expert keys. Yeah, it wasn't pro. She didn't switch on to pro yet, but next yeah. time. Were they? Were they? <laughs> you're like, next time we'll get, we'll fucking yeah. get her. <laughs> That's were, like the were sad part. I, she, were they songs that she was familiar with? Uh, nah, not entirely. Okay, so then that's but, uh, even more impressive. Yeah, but sad part is, is like I got the keyboard and I was all excited about it, and I found out I can't do it because I have a little bit of a uh, of a arthritis. Oh, and it's just like. Mm. After I, I thought I could do it because I use my hands all the time, obviously. Yeah, like, you do. Oh, wink, wink, nudge. nudge. Oh, but uh, like after, like you said, after one song, it's like your wrist hurts. It's like I'm lucky if I can get that far. <laughs> so well, you, you said the, the reason why my wrist was hurting is because I decided to play. Um, we uh, what song were we playing? An Iron Maiden song? I think we were playing either. <laughs> no, we played Roundabout. No, but we also yes. played. We also played an an, uh, an Iron Maiden song. I think it was. Uh, it it might it was either the trooper or number of the beast. It was number of the beast. Okay, it was number of the beast, and I was playing the guitar part on the keyboard, and oh, like nice. <laughs> all, like all the alt strumming turns into like pressing down on the keys with you know, it's it, God, Big time. yeah. Like, I can never yeah, find out like with your fingers. Sit, yeah, I can't find out where to sit it and feel comfortable. Like nowhere feels comfortable. Right. Like after playing one song, my wrist hurts no matter where I have it. So it's like, all right, I guess my. Girlfriend can play this keyboard. I'll just stay on <laughs> you drums. Take it, I'll, just, I'll stay on drums or I'll go to sleep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right, should we move on to the next question? <laughs> next question. Next question. <laughs> From the acclaimed, the famed, Edu Buccaneer. Hello, my friends. Congratulations on the 200th episode of the TriGames.net podcast. Without further ado, here's my question. Recently, we've been seeing ridiculous drops in price for relatively new games, especially around the holidays. I personally think he's talking about the Steam sale because there were so many great deals. But even more so, games don't last a few months in stores at full price before they drop in value. What I'd like to ask is, do you think we're being overcharged? Yes, charged for games. Are they (laughs) worth $60? No. 
How do you feel about buying games on release date? For instance, a game like Need for Speed Hot Pursuit was dropped more than 50% of its price at weeks after it was released. Huh. I, for one, am probably never buying a PC game on release date for as long as I have access to Steam and the other download services thanks to that. I hope you're able to understand my question. I procrastinated and only sent it in about two hours before the recording. Thanks for the show, and here's <laughs> two hundred more. Um, Thanks, Buccaneer. Thanks, yeah, first. Fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say that I, I got Need for Speed Hot Pursuit for five dollars. What? Because <laughs> uh, I got it from Toys R Us during their mega stupid. I can't believe this sale of buy right. one get one five dollars. So I bought Spider Man and Need for Speed and. I'll say I bought Spider Man for sixty bucks and um, <laughs> Need for Speed, Need for Speed for five dollars. And That's mind insane. you, Need for Speed is still in the shrink wrap, but <laughs> I will get to it soon enough. Um, I think that games really don't they they're not being we're not being really overcharged for games. It's just that I think the stores want to sell the game so badly because they, of course, have to sell it back to the publisher. Mm-hmm. If um and I don't even think that they make you know I don't think they make all the money back if they sell it back to the publisher if they don't sell, but um I think that they really want these games to go off the shelves. There's a lot of production and you know there's not even a situation where you go to a store and you can't find a game. There sometimes are like I went to a store during Christmas and wanted to get uh I got for Austin Epic Mickey and Epic Yarn and I wanted to get for myself. Epic Mickey and Donkey Kong Country Returns. And this was um, for a buy one, get one 50% off deal. Couldn't find Donkey Kong Country, but there was a whole shitload of Epic Mickeys and there was quite a bit of Epic Yarns. Now, obviously, Epic Mickey, they were trying to do a really big push on it, so they probably did a lot of manufacturing on that product. Uh, but then, given the reviews and then given probably like people probably bought it anyway because fucking Mickey Mouse, but that game is probably still 50 bucks while there are other games that came out around the same time that are probably now 40 and 30 and they started out as 60 and 50. Um, Part of that leads me to not wanting to buy games on release date. It's like, why buy a game on release date when uh, either there's going to be some kind of sale or there's going to be something going on. But then as a counterpoint, most of the time buying games on release date is beneficial because most of the stores have their biggest sales on the first week. Uh Right. Uh, didn't now, we, get, we didn't we get Assassin's Creed because it was like a buy buy two copies of Assassin's Creed and you'll get you you end up getting each of them for forty bucks, right? Right. That was because it was buy one get one half off. Right. So that's what we did. That's what Al and I did with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, um, on on release date. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. get Assassin's Creed two until a you know a holiday sale on Amazon dropped it down to forty bucks. I didn't get the first Assassin's Creed until a holiday sale on Amazon dropped it to forty bucks. So. Yeah, I'm, making, I'm making motions with my hands here as if it matters. But it doesn't. <laughs> and boom! Boom! No fact internet. Uh, as far as PC no games are concerned... <laughs> Thanks, John as Madden. Far as, PC, okay. as far as PC games are concerned, I don't think I'll ever buy a, a PC game on release date either. Uh, especially given that now people are starting to charge console prices for PC games. Like, StarCraft oh. 2 is, is still 60 bucks in some stores, and they like just yeah. dropped it to 50 in some other places. The freaking uh, Warcraft 3 Battle Chest is still like $30 to $40, so... Yeah. Like, really? A game Jesus. that came out in 2002 or 2003, so... Blizzard game. Yeah, it, it totally runs on, like, the developer or publisher. It's... I mean, Assassin's Creed 2 is still 30 bucks. yet, what, Hopper Suit is 30 bucks, but that just came out, so... Right. It's, mm-hmm. 
it just yeah, like Al said, it's like I wish I wish Michael Pactor was here <laughs> or something because <laughs> he would be, have a way better insight. Yeah, because he deals with this stuff all the time. But like it, it's like Al said, dependent on how many they manufacture. And with Epic Mickey, I mean. It's like they just want to get as much as they possibly can from those diehard, I have to have it within the first week customers. And then after that, the sales drop so much that they have to make it still um, appealing to anybody who walks into a store. So they drop that price and it's still a new release. So parents will be like, oh, hey, it's new and it's, you know, pretty cheap. Of course, I'm going to get that for my son or whatever. So Yeah, and then they realize that it's not really for their son. It's for them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or with Blizzard's case, I mean, a mom doesn't walk into a store and buy StarCraft 2 unless she was st- told to, but Blizzard can get away with running high prices forever because they have such a hardcore fan base. They can get away with that. It's not the mom and dad coming in to get Diablo or or whatever. Yeah, I didn't uh, realize that's that. That's just going to piss me off. I didn't realize that StarCraft 2 came out at 60 bucks out the gate. And so, like, when Blizzard, like, announced that there was a sale on it or whatever, and I went and I was like, oh, yeah, sweet, I'll be able to get it for 40 bucks. And I op- open up the Blizzard store and it's actually only 50. I'm like, 50? what the fuck? That's not a sale. That's the, that should be the regular price. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I would have yeah, no, instantly bought it for 40, but I didn't buy oh, it for me 50. too. And I was right. mad. They had a sale at Kmart where um, StarCraft 2 was $40, and that sold out, like, within the first 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah I couldn't even catch it. Um, but, you know, given that, StarCraft 2 and, um, Call of Duty Black Ops. Where that Call of Duty at? Where that Call of Duty at? I'm willing to pay that $60 for the PC version. Please, I am not paying $60 for a fucking PC version of a game. Uh, I don't think I'll ever pay $60 for a, a PC version of any game. Mainly yeah. because most of the time, PC versions are like 30. And then the console games are 50 to 60. But, that makes me a little bit disheartened because you mentioned Blizzard charging whatever they want, which is true. Which means that yeah. when Diablo three comes out, they're probably going to charge sixty dollars for it. <laughs> sixty oh, bucks yeah. means I'm going to have to find year. some way to get it for forty. Yep, and I think the reason why, I mean, one of the sides to it is they have to charge that much because of the development side are so costly. I mean, yeah, and they only release like, like one or two games every two years. Yeah, I think it was Tim Schafer or somebody who said, you know. Pretty much, if you develop a game for two years on Metacritic, it's going to average a 70. If you develop it for three years, it's going to average an 80. Or four years or more, you'll... Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, so you spend all that time, and as long as you have the money to keep going, then you can do that. So, like, yeah. Blizzard takes all this time. I mean, look at Blizzard's catalog. Every single game is, yeah, every single game is just AAA and amazing and top-notch. But they sell it for sixty bucks for or however high as they possibly can for the longest time possible, and they still reap the same benefits. It's like not like a price drop would help them. So true. Although they're still being funded by World of Warcraft, as in they practically give away World of Warcraft nowadays. Right. And um, And that's the okay thing to give away because it's a subscription based model. So and it's good that they still have maintained their. their expansions at thirty dollars. I think uh, is Cataclysm forty or thirty. Forty, I think. Cataclysm, Cataclysm might box, be forty. I think it's fifty. No, so? no, I don't think it's fifty. <laughs> that would be that would be ridiculous. Nobody would probably buy. Hang it. Hang on a second. Let me check. Yeah. Amazon.com says Warcraft Cataclysm. Uh, Ticklism. Forty bucks. Yeah, I think it's 40. Oh yeah, list price thirty nine. On, on okay, sale, on sale it would be thirty seven fifty four, but list price is forty bucks. Right. 
I yeah, think it's like minus forty. This is why a digital distribution is so great because Steam doesn't have to worry about all this like manufacturing shit at all. So they can <clears> offer <throat> these awesome Steam sales, whereas GameStop can't do the same thing. Right. Nope. So, it's like the best they ever ha- have is like what, three for one, used games, one's for free, or whatever. I, I got a really, really bad reference and pun coming up. James, does this set off your nerd alert? Ha, ha, ha. This podcast is over! Yeah. Stop <laughs> this, <laughs> We lost somebody. <laughs> he just, I, I think, think they just <laughs> muted themselves. Yeah, I, I think that was Slungs. He, like, threw his head. <laughs> 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 Everyone's back now. Um, but, well, yeah, what do you think, James? Well, I don't know. It's a little bit different for me because because I buy into a collector edition business. And okay. So like a lot of times, uh, I'll I will I will have to pony up the cash just to get the collector edition on day one. Right. Even even though like you know a lot of times you know you'll see the collector edition you know a couple of months later on sale on Amazon you know twenty forty dollars cheaper than what I bought it for and I still haven't played the game yet so it's kind of a I get I get bit a little bit because of this but there's certain games. That I just kind of I want to play, but it's like I'll, I'll wait for the price drop because I know it's inevitably coming. You know, like Enslaved. You know, clearly, you know it's forty bucks now. You know, something I want like that. it so and, bad. And and Amazon had it for twenty five. I guess we're around the holidays. Like, I mean, there's always going to be something like that. That if if you're kind of like on the fence, you know, there's there's no reason. I mean, why not wait? Because it's it's going to happen. I mean, I, I think you know Ed Ed knows how. And PC, yeah, I'm with you guys hundred percent. I mean, there's no way, no way in hell. Uh, that I'm going to buy a PC game day one, uh, unless it's a collector's edition, because I bought StarCraft Two day one um, because of the uh, the collector's edition they had. So, yep. oops, a daisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think for me, Steam has really, really reduced my need to go out and get any PC game for for any more than half of its original price. Um, Mass Effect, which I'm playing right now. And I'm absolutely loving and totally would have paid fifty bucks for. I got it for ten bucks. Yeah. Like randomly. I got Dead Space for five bucks last year. You I know? got Bioshock for ten bucks <coughs> during I think it was like a year after it came out. Right. So I mean it's because it's those ridiculous sales that, that other you know, but otherwise though, like if if Steam wasn't that nuts, obviously, you know, obviously I'd be willing to I I my my threshold for paying a price would be slightly higher. I wouldn't be like, I'm not buying that shit until the fifty percent off. I'd be like, all right. Ten dollars off, I'll, I'll I'll buy it. Um, but as far as like I I don't believe that I have ever <coughs> excuse me bought a full price current gen three sixty or PS current gen. What am I saying? Uh, I shouldn't say that because that includes Wii games, which are fifty. Uh, my threshold is usually fifty. I haven't bought a three sixty or PS three game at full price without trading something I really didn't want in and dropping that actual purchase yeah. price down to fifty bucks. I've I've, I've never paid. I've never actually paid sixty bucks, plunked it down, <coughs> walked out of the store. You know, it's with either one game. with one game, right? Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I can say the same thing, except for the for the sake of Rock Band three. Right, right. So. Um, but and, and and I know that there's some people out there who justifiably so were like, "What about the days when Chrono Trigger cost eighty bucks and the value of the dollar and and be, this was before inflation, so eighty bucks back then was much more." Than eighty bucks today. So, are you saying that like why why are people complaining that games are overpriced today? Personally, I think games are always overpriced, always. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's not a matter of well, you have to think about the fact that they're manufacturing the cartridges and all that stuff. I understand that. Um, 
But I'm saying from the perspective of a consumer, the value of the product to me uh, buying the thing like on without having the experience of a, this is going to sound really stupid without having the experience of experiencing it already. <laughs> this you know what? It had, had freaking Yamatsu in it. It's worth it. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, but there's, there was um, th- there was a, a, a conversation that we had a long time ago uh, when Ethan was still on the cast when we were talking about like hypothetical prices of games. How much would you pay after the fact, right? You can never tell that. And so there has to be – for me, there has to be a set standard. And that standard you know, is like 50. Um, and, and again, to, to the point of like, well, these guys, you, know, you have to consider that the- – why do I have to consider that? Like they had a very uh, – I can't remember. Um, I think it might have been Weekend Confirmed. Uh, that podcast where um, there is there is a discussion about like oh you know the the developers worked so hard on this game and they made certain decisions with it because they blah 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 and like I think the argument was like don't be so hard on that game because they had to make all these tough decisions and uh, uh, put a lot of work into it and whatever and it's like you understand that but at the end of the day sorry Pete I keep on forgetting that you hate that phrase <laughs> but when it all comes down to it, um, it, it doesn't matter what they do to it. What matters is what I get in my hands, what I play, what I experience. And no matter what, you know, a consumer, you know, as snotty as it sounds, a consumer is not going to sit there and go, oh, this, you know, this Assassin's Creed, these, these you know, these graphics, the, the popping is horrible. Well, you have to consider that, you know, they, they spent a lot of time on XYZ and so, you know, they had to build this whole world. Hmm. And so they, if the consumer is pissed off at the poppin', he's going to be pissed off at the poppin'. You, there's no reason why he has to be considerate. He's, he's just worried about the final product. Now, us five sitting here, like, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, five people. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Five children. Five children. What is it? Five, five. You know, we are closely in tune with the industry and so we do, you know, we do extend some sympathies and 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 like and give some leeway, right. um, but that doesn't mean that we have to. That and, and and so going back to the price thing, you know, oh, we spent so much marketing on this, and you know, we spent the budget on this. All right, that that's what you got to do to make the product. That's what you got to do to make the product. You know what? I got to do what I got to do to make sure that I get the entertainment that I need at the price that I need it. So exactly, and, and let's if, go. You know, if the development, I mean, the people who are like, how how do you say it? Like. How think about say? the people or how the pe- think about the people you know who developed it and what they went through. Well, if they made all these hard decisions and they worked their ass off on this game, then the consumer doesn't have to worry about it because they're just going to buy it at full price anyway. If it, if it's that good of a game, right? I mean, you're talking like your typical AAA games. I mean, Bioshock and and all the other stuff that comes out. And looking at my shelf right now, I'm like, oh, what, what games are those again? Right. You know, Grant. I mean, how many copies of Grand Theft Auto Four sold? You know, that uh, was yeah. a huge, huge, giant game that came out, and everybody bought it at full price for the most part. You know, you know what I will say about pricing is I I am still currently okay with the thirty dollar price point for portables. Like I've I've never had a problem with that. Um, I have and a I, for you about that. Okay, um, I will answer it in a sec. But I I just want to say that um, and I, I guess it's because like sometimes a portable DS game is less game. If you look at something like, I don't know, I'm 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 looking at this stuff here. I'm okay. So Clubhouse Games, all right. What was, it, what was it? Twenty bucks. Good game, but is it you know is it fifty dollar game type game? No, not, not really. It's it's a casual you know card bit. You know what I mean? It's not that serious. It's not. And when I say serious, I don't mean the tone of it. I just mean in terms of the the um what the game content is. 
you know, but then you get you look at stuff like I don't know, um, Dementium or or Final Fantasy Four or stuff like that, which you know, bit more resembling of big budget games. I think I think at the end of the when it comes down to it, I, see Pete, I avoided that for you. Uh, when it comes down to it, I th- I still think his mic is muted because he was mad about the uh, no, nerd I'm joke. here. Okay, I'm gonna say, um, <laughs> he's a I didn't mute my mic. <laughs> um, like I was drinking like, my beer. Drinking my beer. Drinking my beer. Um, something that uh, one of our old, old, old contributors to the site once said is, "A game is a game is a game. A good game is a good game." And therefore, like when I play my DS games, the ones that are more in depth, I feel like I'm getting so much more value out of that out, out of that game than I am of any of my console games. Mm-hmm. Um, save for the really, really good ones, like an Assassin's Creed, like like the ones that I really love, Assassin's Creed Mario Galaxy. You know, because it's still a good fucking game. You take something like Final Fantasy IV, or uh, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm playing the Look at My Shelf game. Um, <laughs> you just made me think of like Altier in a Mario game, <laughs> straight up murdering Goombas. And- Woohoo! Woohoo! Oh no! Um, but something, something like Civilization Revolution, which the only, the only, I, I think pretty much the only downgrade for the portable version is the graphics. But you still get that in-depth game, and so you're going to tell me that. You know, I should pay fifty dollars for the console version when I get the same game on the DS for thirty bucks, uh, and then you can take it a step further. Pete, how much was Civ Rev on the iPhone before it went free for that day? It was like what, ten bucks? It was it's somewhere between five and ten. I think maybe like around seven or eight. Okay, so I mean, there you go. Like a, a game is a game is a game. It's it's you know whether it's on PC or console or portable or iPhone or whatever. Like, it, I I just I I do think that we are being overcharged to, to sum it up, and and we always have been. You know, and that's just something that we've been dealing with. Um, yep. And I think I think the last point on that is when when the when the current gen consoles came out and they just decided to say that oh well because of the way that things are going because these are such high tech consoles and you know we have to put a lot of production values into it to fully maximize the power of this console we're going to have to charge sixty bucks to recoup those investments and it's like don't tell me that when the PS2 the GameCube and the Xbox first came out that you didn't have to put a ton of money into that because that was the hottest tech at the time. You know, it, it's not like, it, to be fair, okay, some things some, sometimes increase in budget as the technology and the capabilities increase, but I, I think that a lot of that goes into researching and understanding a system. And what is this icon that Slunks put on the chat window? It looks like this, looks like this guy pissed out a dog. The <laughs> <laughs> dog is so close to his crotch. Oh, my God. Okay, I forgot what I was saying, so I'm done. Who, 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 somebody was saying I had a question. Yes. How do you feel about $40 3DS games? Uh, I think that that's going to be the standard. They're going to be as expensive as PSP games. I'm frightened. I think they might be more. No, well, they said that of just reading articles about it over the weekend because they have the Nintendo World and the CES and whatnot, that the games are going to be more expensive in Japan than they are going to be in America, where it's going to be somewhere around <clears throat> like 50-ish in you know converted dollars. Um but a source is saying that the games might actually be priced in the PSP range. $40. I just couldn't imagine if, like, okay, <clears throat> for a regular DS game, it can go up as forty dollars, up to forty dollars, you know, like Square Enix tax or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three DS, I think, like forty dollars would probably be like, like I don't know, low, like just because if you're comparing it to that, like I think they would start at forty five, if not fifty. If they charge fifty dollars. Good luck selling yeah. fucking games. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I mean, from my standpoint, going go, going back to the whole a good game is a good game is a good game. I I could be swayed to pay forty 
bucks for a great 3DS game. Wow, that was bad grammar. For a great 3DS game, <laughs> I, I think I, I have gone to the $40 price mark on a PSP game. I can't remember if I have, but I think I have. And the justification for that was, well, this whatever game I was buying at the time was worth it. I think it was something like Street Fighter Alpha 3, where it's like, well, I paid 40 bucks for this on the PlayStation back in the day. You know, it was worth that. But, but how- it's, it's hard. I, it's hard for me to, to, to you know, to rationalize that. But yeah. What were you saying? Well, I, like, how often is it, though, like, like that the really good games are, like, scaled price-wise? Purport- it's always like, okay, well, this is a Nintendo first party, so it's going to be 50 bucks oh. and stay 50 bucks. You know, right. like, it's, it's never like, okay, well, because it's because of $50, you know it's going to be good. And that, and that's I think the thing that that's that's the problem is like if if they do have like a forty fifty dollar price point standard for three ds like that's no matter what they put out whoever publishes it you know that's 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 who's going to determine the price point and it's not going to be like the game itself oh yeah is, is choosing it and that's that's I think that's the the big bummer about all these these pricing things because then you get you can get Mass Effect and and you know for ten bucks because you know because of a sale and then it you know it throws all that stuff out the windows like well okay this is this is a huge game you know and and ten dollars you know and then it doesn't even matter you know and then right. you're just, all right this is great you know but then it's like okay well you know Nintendo Club Games for 3ds is forty bucks and you're like okay like, it's, a little, a it, it's a little disproportionate you know yeah mm-hmm. um no you're to- you're totally right I, I mean I think I think the closest that they get is the closest that they get to <clears throat> scaling uh, uh, the price to the nature of the game is like um, it's it's completely marketing driven. Like Deadly Premonition, okay, came out at twenty yeah. bucks because they took a look at it. And it was like, <laughs> look at it, <laughs> who's gonna fucking buy this game? <laughs> look at this shit. Let's put it out for twenty Giant bucks. Giant bomb will, <laughs> right? Giant bomb will over and over again. And then like, um, I'm trying to think like a game like um, I don't know. Take take your pick of any kind of quasi generic uh, oh fucking dante's inferno didn't that come out for 60 bucks mm-hmm. yeah i think so so there it's like it's like oh let's put out dante's inferno for 60 bucks um because you know it's an it's, it's a big EA. EA game and it's like we're positioning it against the god of war type game and it really right. wasn't very good or very original or whatever like, i shouldn't even say original because games don't have to be original to be good but it, it, it wasn't anything special and yet they're like oh yeah big marketing push behind it meanwhile um I'm trying to think of something that might have come out at 40 bucks, and I can't right now. But I bet you there's some game out there that's like a critical darling that came out at 40 bucks. Prince of Persia, like 30 or 40 bucks when it first came out. It was a budget which title one? and Banjo. Which, wait, which well. which Prince of Persia? The the uh, the new one that starred Jake Gyllenhaal, or like the Wind Button one? Like the the the, the you know the, what I mean? Like classic which one from uh, not classic, but the 2008 version. The 2008 version or the yeah. Forgotten Sands one? 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure. And then um, Banjo... I think they dropped that price like a week after it came out because they had like, the collector's edition, and I got the mm-hmm. collector's edition for forty bucks. Okay, N- nuts and bolts did come out at forty. I remember that. Oh, it did. For sure. uh, yeah. There you go. There, there. That was a yeah. Was more or less a critical darling. You know, I have it. I haven't played it yet, but I'm looking forward to it whenever I have the chance and the brain power. But you know, 2015. That, 2015. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but you know, there you go. They, they, they. It's, it's all about like how they're positioning it and. I guess they were like, oh, well, ba- people are going to think Banjo because we're not supposed to kids game. So it's put out for like 40 bucks. And, you know, when you get the, what was it? Viva Pinata, kids game. But people got fucking addicted to that, you know? So, so where, I, I guess there is kind of no congruence between, and, and, and that's a problem though, because then you get, then you have to like, 
rely on, I guess, some some appraiser's opinion of a game to to price it. So there's no real there's no real way to to get it right. Like what do you do? Like you're gonna have one of those auction shows where the guy like takes the game and plays it. And is like, hmm, I think that you could twenty five, twenty five, twenty five. No, no, not even like I, I, I'm no, sorry, an, an antique an antique roadshow guy. I'm sorry, not not a not oh, a twenty dollar. But you know, like the, the guy sitting there going, well, I think that you could get. $47.58 for a copy of this game if it came in shrink wrapping. Oh, thank you. Now that's what we're going to set a street price for. No, they're not going to do that. So, I don't know. Okay. So, um, Pete, and, I, and I'm got, I got to read this out because I'm curious about what this link is. But Pete has sent this link that's called Room for PlayStation Portable. Oh, The Room? Is it The Room? No, not The Room. Not Silent Hill. It's called PlayStation Room. Oh. Yeah. I was trying to find out what original cost of PSP games were when they when the PSP first came out, and somehow I got like strung along to this article about room for PlayStation <laughs> Portable, which apparently was like home for PSP. Oh and shit! And it it went into closed beta in October 2009 up to April 15, 2010, uh, in Japan, and then development of the service halted on April 15, 2010, due to feedback from the community. SCE Japan thanked those who participated in the beta testing for their feedback, which probably said this sucks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is a worse version of home. What the fuck? It's like a smaller version of home. It's yeah, the screenshot cool. on the article looks ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, like they spelled room R infinity symbol infinity M. Sign M. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's oh, room. <laughs> I could do this forever. Ooh. No, I can't. Mm. But uh, wow. Great. Infinity sign. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you just break your headset again? Wow. Okay. Um. Did anyone else not answer this question? I didn't really get to throw in my thoughts, but just real quick, I'll just, I'll just say that uh, thanks throw. to the, the, the Steam sales and stuff, like, at this point, I don't think I ever have to really pay full price for anything again, because I've got enough games now to last me till the next huge Steam sale, and then I'll probably buy more then, and it'll last me to the next yep. huge Steam sale, and so right. on, yeah. and so on. Um, <laughs> and it really is just the consoles who believe they can get away with, like, you know, really charging these full price. And obviously they can't anymore because like he said in his, e- his email, you know, like these new games are coming out and within a couple of weeks are dropping to like $40 or less. So I think uh, the market is finally starting to determine the prices. Um, but, I have uh, to say that, sorry to interrupt, but I have to say that the only, inter- the only exception... Interrupting Barry is your best friend. Mm-hmm. The only exception to the rule is like first party Nintendo games because they, they never yes. change. Like I'm still but waiting again, for that- Punch Out to go down. That's market dictating the prices there too, because if they're gonna sell like huge numbers like month after month, why drop the price? But they um, don't. They don't. I I didn't know that. I mean, like, I don't I think just, Punch Out is selling anymore. Maybe not but Punch it's still Out. I, I bought Punch Out on from New Egg for forty seven. Forty seven. Yeah. God <laughs> That's damn. crazy. It's forty seven on Amazon right now. Isn't that crazy? I I I want to pay twenty dollars for that goddamn game. I mean, come on, it's been on for how long? My favorite. Two years. Chocolate. Yeah. My favorite <laughs> fucking dog. I will say, um, to kind of frame Edu's question in the correct light, the economy, and, and I know people are probably, some people are out there going like, or, or who are cynical, like, oh, what the fuck, there's nothing wrong with the economy. But the economy is, it's not that great. Um, it's still hard to find jobs. And so to put that in a proper frame of reference, at least in the United States, um, I think there's been more of a push to lower prices when they can. Uh, whereas, cause the, like he, he's right. It feels like it's been recent that all these price drops are ridiculous. Um, to me at least. And I don't remember such, a, a, a an insane, t- 
type of a, a, a of a price reduction on anything except for the Steam sales until like maybe two two years ago or so when the economy started tanking. You know, so I I I am personally wondering what happens if you know we're booming and things are great. You know, and people are riding around flashing their gold chains and shit. You know, driving Hummers like, again. Are oh, these? Oh, never mind. Yeah, and like, do we um do we see these prices still stay at level and the sale prices are like what ten bucks off instead of fifty? You know, so I don't know. I mean, that that's it's a tough thing to answer. Um, when did the prices go up again? Was it around the three sixty time? Yeah, yeah, yeah because. 60. That's when they they said on principle we're gonna raise the prices because this is next gen and I'm like fuck you yeah. you know and then Microsoft was like oh no 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 don't worry our our first party games will be fifty bucks then Gears of War came out and it was sixty <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it was like fuck you too that I bought at sixty but it was the collector's edition at sixty and right. like I again I traded some shit in to bring the price down to like fifty so yeah. um but okay. yeah Pete you had one more comment. I was going to say that, like, at this point, like, I really don't think I'll be paying full price for anything unless I get caught up in, like, the hype, the hype. train. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's no doubt when uh, Uncharted 3 starts getting close to coming out, I'm going to buy a new PS3 and I'll buy that game on release day because that's just a game that I fucking want and, like, I won't want to wait for it to come down in price. Um, but it'll be, like, And you're a lot. in that game. Yes, I am in that game. Drake. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Um, anyone else before we move on to other shit? Let's drop it. That was about 30 minutes worth of yeah. thank babbling. You for epic, thank you for epic question, Edu. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a short break, gather ourselves, you know, perform bodily functions that need to be performed, uh, not on the mic, hopefully. But, Check uh, on my cooking. Know, knowing oh. these guys, that will probably happen anyway. And we'll be right uh-huh. back. Belched, scratched, applied deodorant. Um, we actually didn't go anywhere. No, we didn't actually go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody got up. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the interlude that I insert here will be longer than our actual break. But that's fine. Um, yes, we're back. Uh, we got a couple of quick topics we want to just hit on. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Slunks actually requested that we talk about this first one, and I agree. This is kind of a, a, a neat one to talk about. Um, Want to talk about the podcast itself and how everyone was introduced to it? Who wants to go first? Wait, ooh, I don't ooh, see I that know, topic in the list. Al probably oh, has like the quickest one. answer and fastest. I, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I started it. We both started it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess two part question: the podcast itself. And how everyone was introduced to it. Uh, let's do the introduction first, obviously, so that's quicker. Uh, 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 I'm going to go in order of the icons that appear on the Skype screen again. So that would be Jimbo. Oh, it, it goes Al, James, Slunks, me, and then Pete. I don't even see me on there. You don't? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I don't think you see yourself. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Because I'm, I'm using two. Oh, wait, no, I. Oh, oh. 
to yeah. account. It's going to keep changing depending on who's talking. Oh shit! Okay. Um, I lost somebody. No, that was that was Rob's account. Finally saying I'm not going to answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try. No, right. I'm going to try again. Anyway, sorry, James. Go ahead. I, I don't remember. Like when was it? I guess it was. It was back. We were on uh, Gamespot, and mm-hmm. you were you were doing reviews for them or something. And I think Slunks actually told me he's like, "Hey, check out this." That whatever podcast. Oh, the the intro. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what is he doing? And so I listened, and I was like, man, these guys are are crazy. And then, yes, we are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. We started playing games together. We played Rock Band and other stuff. And then he said, "Come." Talk one time. Come talk. Come <laughs> talk, please. Come talk, please. Please come talk. <laughs> yeah, Stop. that was like th- that was seriously like three years ago, and I didn't realize that until you were talking about this 200 episode. And I was like, I went on and looked back, and I was At like, which Man. episode you were on? Yeah, or something. No, even before that, like, like I think like our first. I don't remember. Like I looked at Facebook or something, and I was like. It was like you gave me like a happy birthday like three years ago, and I was like, "Man, I have not, I have known Austin for three years." That's then, nuts. Yeah, that's too long. Sorry, too long. this friendship's <laughs> over. Yeah, <laughs> call it quit. Fuck. You you may you may renew if you like. Uh, I'd rather yeah. you not. Slunkadunka. Me what? <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, man, I, it's it's hard. I don't. I mean, it was definitely through Gamespot. But uh, how I got introduced to it was, I think you just posting the like what we talked about segment on your blog, and I kind of just found your blog through. I mean, you were a moderator on Gamespot, so I think that's what made you stand out to me. And then I remember your awesome, somewhat drunk video of you talking about the review a game before you you beat it, oh yeah, or until yeah. you beat it video. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. And then went from there and. I just remember listening to the first episode, and it was just like this hilarious episode of something. I don't remember, but definitely like what kept me listening. It's like you two were like the timid, like somewhat insane, but keeping the the podcast going while Tony and Ethan were just like off the rails. <laughs> well, Tony oh, was Tony was always off the rails. Like Ethan was the wise one, but. <laughs> <laughs> Tony was like what made me come back I think like episode after episode just waiting for his like crazy ass jokes next? that nobody laughed at at all and like <laughs> <laughs> love you Tony miss you yeah I know exactly and like I, I miss that so much and his I, computer I is I, still dead yeah. that's why he's not on. <laughs> really wow I mean he was those guys I mean Tony was around for a little bit longer but I think I caught on around like the thirty episode, like the the thirty okay. area. I listened pretty much straight through to eighty or ninety, and then life just picked up. I got busy yeah. from there, but and then you know I became a regular and for a little bit, and and that was cool. But yeah, and, and then we prank called you, and then yeah, that was, I guess, that was kind of how I became a regular. Slunkadunka. Oh yeah, before I, I forget, there there is a clip show on the RSS feed before this one. That is about eight minutes long, so it won't take too much of your time. Uh, people who are listening out there, if you haven't seen the clip, if you haven't heard the clip show, it is right below the entry for this episode. So go get it. Anyway, continue. I couldn't Sorry. listen to it on my yeah. iPhone, so I haven't heard it yet. How ca- Ooh-ha-ha. Like you linked it on, <laughs> on Twitter, and I clicked the link, and it didn't work on my iPhone, so I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, oh that's oh. weird. 
Anyway. But if it's in the RSS feed, that means it's in iTunes, and I could have just went to iTunes and did it that way. Yeah, you could have. And that would have worked on my iPhone. So I'm going to do that after the show. (laughs) Everyone else should do the same. And you should do it too. Al's playing games. (laughs) (laughs) What? The Antipode is now playing Plants vs. Zombies. Thanks, Al. <laughs> it's a memory. It's, it's a history of the podcast here. <laughs> you know, every 200th episode, you have to do it now. BT. <laughs> it was that fast. B-t. Is it my turn to like, answer? As soon as I clicked it, the game didn't even boot up yet. I'll play the game. <laughs> Fine, I'll fucking play Mass Effect. No, I can't because then it'll put, turn the screen off. Uh, right. Yeah, it's I'm your a, turn. I'm evaluating coworkers while I'm doing this. So. <laughs> Okay, I don't remember exactly how I, I'm sure I know it had to have been through GameStop, GameSpot, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. At some point, something must have happened where I like caught your link. Because at that time, at the time that I got into, uh, tr- you know, the Try Games podcast is the same time I got into uh, like any other podcasts that I would would have been listening to at the time, which would obviously maybe it was just that I was listening to the GameSpot podcast and maybe you somehow like snuck in a pimpage somewhere in like their comments or something i don't know but it was like that's when i got my like earlier that year 2007 i guess it was i got my or 2006 i don't remember when it was 2007 sure Uh, anyway i got my i (laughs) first ipod and i was like oh what am i gonna do with this thing i'll put some music on it but hey these these podcast things let me check these out so i was pretty much just grabbing whatever i could listen to and uh yeah so i found like found yours and uh like I don't. It was around the 30s that I started listening, I think. Um, and then shortly after I started listening, I had sent in that uh, audio clip to respond to the uh, whole Ocarina of Time thing. Um, and like, it was oh like right, a, that like 90 minute one. I'm kidding. It's not, it was. It was like five <laughs> five minutes. Or something like that, and you played it on your show, and I like then I listened to the show, and I was like, hmm, if. You know, I like the sound of my voice. I sound kind of <laughs> sexy. No, I did not like the sound of my voice, but I like the fact that I was able to like talk okay. succinct, succinctly about something. Of course, that was right. heavy editing. So uh, <laughs> it was like, I'm going to start my own podcast. And, <laughs> and so then Game Slaves Radio ran kind of in parallel with, you know, the TryGames.net uh, podcast for about a year. And you know, I was listening to you guys and we were doing our thing and like there was some crossover, especially in the episode where we had you guys on, um, you and Al, uh, and, uh, by we, I mean, I, cause the other people had left at that point. Oh my that God, was- this is getting confusing now. <laughs> start over at the beginning. Milo, Milo. You lost me. <laughs> at the end. So I'm just going to start over from here at the end of the game <laughs> radio run. Uh, I had pretty much lost my other co-hosts. And so I brought on Austin and Al for a special like kind of show. And then after that, it just fizzled out. And so oh. then I was left podcastless and just listening to the try games.net podcast. And, and then sometime after that, you guys were like, Hey, why don't you come, you know, be on our show as a guest or something. And I did that. And then I just kept coming back, and now here I am. He's not going away. What do we do with him? <laughs> I just keep feeding him and keep him quiet. I think I actually came on around episode like one thirty. So I think it was about like a hundred episodes after I started listening is when I came on. Right. Um. So you know that that's a lesson for you kids. You know, perseverance pays off, or or something. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd mispronounce a word. You didn't. Pers- um, I per- can't. I, I don't know how pers- to pronounce that. <laughs> pers- perseverance. Perseverance. Oh. No, yes, uh, perspiration. And then there's the like itself. This podcast is possibly the greatest <laughs> podcast I've ever heard. Now, words, son. <laughs> no, it's it, it's a good. I, I'm enjoying being on here because I do like talking with you guys and like we became friends and so just getting to hang out with you guys like on a weekly basis in a way and talk about video games is awesome. Oh, um, 
I'm sorry. Sp- speaking, of which you just reminded me, who who else on this thing is going to PAX East? Thinking, if the money shows up, then yes. <laughs> a money appeared. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> Easy as that. <laughs> um, all right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. I just wanted to interject there because before I forgot, I wanted to ask. Anyway, continue. Well, that's really it. I mean, that's really it. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. I mean, we we may not be the most professional podcast, but we're Fuck down. No. We got, we're down to <laughs> guys and like people who actually give us a chance to listen to us and try to interact with us will actually be able to get through. Unlike other big name podcast celebrities, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember like three fourths of uh, my podcasting back in the day with you guys. Like three fourths time, it was never on time. It never started on time. <laughs> It was no, always still, like a, still a half an hour to an hour late almost every time. And it still like, kind of does it. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin insists on, hey guys, let's try to do it early. How about 11 or 11.30? And I'm not up before fucking noon. <laughs> no, yeah, and then, and then, yeah, and then Pete joined and that's when I left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were like, fuck this guy, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, about the podcast itself, it's pretty funny because I think, uh, let me, let me take a look at the site. Um, if I can homepage, uh... I feel like I have like the big question to ask you guys: like, why do you keep going? Do like, you keep going? Like, I just you just you're just so insane. Yeah, I, it, it's like to and and I guess this goes to the origins of the podcast. But okay, so it started, and, and don't worry, this will have the answer to your question in it. But okay. so it started in May of '06. I think this was right, um, right around the time where uh, the Wii so his computer out. worked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, where the Wii was announced and um, the name Wii was announced. But before that, like, um, I think podcasting was still kind of nascent. Um, and the first one that I had really heard, um, I think, was either the, the, the cheap at the CAGcast or. Um, the Revolution Report, which was a website that came out right at the uh, the the introduction of the, the Nintendo Wii, but then it was called the Revolution Codename. I think I remember that website. I don't know. Why. <clears throat> I have a T-shirt from when they were still named the Revolution Report, but um, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty interesting uh, put together site, um, and I liked the personalities on it. And I started listening to the show. And I, me personally, sometimes I'm really really anal about certain stuff. <laughs> anal, and so like. Um, and, and this is no, in no disrespect to those guys. I mean, they did a fantastic job. But, like, you know, every once in a while, like, we'll fuck up. We'll say something. Like, we'll, like, I think I called 2015 Studios 2019 once or something like that, right? You know, shit like that. And when I'd hear that on other podcasts, I'd get so enraged. And then there was this one time on the CADcast where I think Wombat was just like, and I'm not calling him out. This is just what I heard. Because it's like, people don't care. I care. But other people don't care. Like, he, um, so, like, like I think, I think Cheap ED was like, yeah, and that was developed by who again? I forgot who the publisher was. And Wombat was just like, meh, doesn't matter. And I'm like, it does matter. Like he, like, like who, like if you are doing a podcast on something, you need to fucking know these things. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Fine, I'm gonna make one. And so I was like, yo, Alan, <laughs> do this. Um, and so then like Al and I started doing one, and it was really, really awkward. <laughs> and then we did it again after yeah. losing our second. After I lost our second episode, I, you know, I, was, <laughs> I, I remember I, seeing that in the comments, like in the little dialogue box right below the the description box for when you go to download it you mentioned yeah. something about it yeah i was like i was like shit i lost the episode maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> just screw it and then i was like no 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 we should do it and so like we did it again and then i was like all right we'll keep going and i was like let's um 
let's get um Pete uh, Pete I'm sorry Ethan and Tony on this and because like we we had, we had had video game nights with them and like they like talking about games and it was at first it was like why you know why what would this do but it's just like well you have more people on the show you have more opinions you have more to talk about and then it just kind of spiraled from there into this thing where I rarely see Al in person because our schedules are very different um I rarely see Tony and Ethan in person because Tony's all the way at the ass end of Brooklyn um and Ethan is incredibly incredibly busy uh, which you can hear from the clip show. We made fun of him for that. but mm-hmm. um, And that was like mad years ago. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it became, <laughs> excuse me, it, for me personally, it became more of a way to keep in touch with these guys, but also kind of address these topics with a level-headed kind of approach, except for Tony, whose role was to... <laughs> Ultra comic relief. Except for um, Tony. <laughs> to, to, to fucking like, like spin us out of control, because like it, it wouldn't be a podcast without him doing that. Uh, and then that became all of our roles once they... they I yeah. can totally relate to like that initial awkwardness when it comes to starting a podcast. James, you remember that podcast we did with Richard and... and oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, what was it called? It's like Gamers something or whatever. But... Uh, Lounge. That's like there was... It was just totally like, host starts the topic. <laughs> podcast yeah, guest like, number yeah. one gets to talk podcast two guests gets to talk like just around a circle no yeah. humor whatsoever just it's like it's like what do you do what 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 dude what are we doing this for and <laughs> and i totally remember like the first time that um ziff davis or at least the one-up network was like talking to jeff green who was the editor-in-chief of computer gaming world at the time yeah they're like this podcasting thing is kind of exploding so you guys got to do one and then they had their first 10 minute episode and jeff green was like um what are we supposed to do like <laughs> I don't like this. I, I really don't like this. And they're all just like, what the fuck are we doing here? And yet GFW Radio, in my opinion, became one of the most important or at least one of the most significant podcasts out there, at least that I listen to, you know, uh, for, for gaming. Yeah. Um, because they had people like Sean Elliott up there and, and and Jeff Green who were really, really like very – what's the word for it? Uh, great minds in, in the space of game journalism, you know? And so it was mm-hmm. that kind of stuff as, you know, as I listened to more and more of these other podcasts and how people were taking their approach to it, it was like that kind of gave me some different insight and, you know, I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to talk about it with Al and, and Pete and Slunkton, whoever was on the show at that point in time. And so that's why, you know, even if we don't have any listeners, honestly, like I'm gonna keep them fucking doing it because like, I like doing it. I like talking to the guys. I like, Let's put this into perspective. Let me put air quotes around this. I like editing it. Um, mm-hmm. and I put it, it takes such a long time. But you know what I mean? It's like it's it's kind of labor of love. And so it's like, ah, what I think that's what I was trying to get at, like, with, without really saying it. Right. But, like, when people start websites, they're like, oh, man, let's do it. Let's do it. And then nobody it, it, visits that website. And they're like, okay, never mind. They lose the... It kind the, of trails off. Right? Yeah. And it's just like, I've never seen... I mean, I mean this in the greatest ways, in, in a way. Yeah, never see somebody who gets no hits. Stay on for but so I've, long. I've never. You know, <laughs> we get hits, goddammit. I've never you know? seen a band that gets no listeners keep putting out CDs. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh man, but I, I've never seen the. You know, as you, you guys. You know, we don't have like the biggest <clears throat> audience in the world or anything like that. But still, we don't have the fucking biggest biggest audience on my block. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but that's okay. But you still keep doing it, and that's what yeah. that's why right now I'm more than willing to be back on this podcast again because that level of de- dedication is like something you don't see. So and you, and you know what the, 
the best. Oh, 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 I like women, but that's okay. That that doesn't pose a problem for you. No, but uh, it's like Cooking. it's like it's now it's just like a one big giant in joke, and it's like the best thing because then it's like if no one is really listening to this, then we can make all the stupid references we want and not care about <laughs> people understanding what I we're think, talking about. I had like a dream like two and a half years ago that and like. Way, way future, like Wait, four thousand. You had 000. a dream two and a half years ago, or you had a dream that <laughs> took place two and a half years ago. I, don't know. I had a dream like a long time ago, like just after. Well, I guess just after I like kind of left as a regular. That like in four thousand or five thousand AD, like this podcast would be like the most celebrated podcast. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, that guy uh, Will Ferrell, like from Zoolander, was there. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I remember about it. Too. But like wow. I I always have this like thing in the back of my head that someday this podcast will just like explode, but we won't be doing it anymore or something like that. So <laughs> be like, whatever so, happened to those guys? Yeah, <laughs> we're fifty three. You know, <laughs> we're too old for this. Four thousand AD. Four thousand. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be yeah. in a time capsule. Yeah. It's the future, man. Anything can happen. <laughs> Games will still fucking be sixty dollars or whatever. Heads in a jar. Heads <laughs> in a jar. Like Futurama. Does anybody yeah. uh, else want to comment on the nature of this ridiculous piece of audio? BT, Al, Go! James, Slunks, anybody? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, what are you <laughs> Excuse me while I drown my sorrows in this beer. <laughs> does it, does it have At least it's not beer? Irish cream. Or Irish cider. Cider, yeah. Do you have... I can't uh... drink this shit. <laughs> what? I, said, I can't drink this shit. I can't drink this shit. Do you have candy corn in there, Pete? No. That was only for uh, Oktoberfest. Oh. And that quickly got old, and now the thought of it makes me a little nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to put this colored wax in my beer. Hey, it was what, good right off the bat. That's what beef ramen does to me now. Like, I think about beef ramen. I got sick off of it once. Like, uh, you put beef ramen in your beer? One time? Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> wow. oh. I have oh. got to try that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, gross. Oh, yeah. That's, too bad. Oh. that's Beer's <laughs> already hard well, enough did... for me. <laughs> that may have been the funniest thing that was ever said in the entire 200 episodes. What, the beef in your beer? Yes. That's gross. I'm glad you thought it, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Did, did you end up going to P.F. Chang's Pete and getting that most sodium ever dish? No, because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too lazy to destroy myself, so I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, any any else? Anyone else want to comment on this, or or should we throw in some other other conversationism? Other conversationism. All right, so wow. it is 2011. So happy New Year to those who, to whom I haven't said Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is right at this point. It's going to be two weeks late um, by the time this episode goes up. But uh, happy uh, old year. It's all right. You're still early for Chinese New Year. Yeah, that's true. That 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 is true. Um. Mm-hmm. What what did everyone think of 2010's games and like I I know like I can't do I personally can't do a game of the year type shit for 2010 because of the fact that I played what maybe three games that actually came out in 2010. I'm probably about the same. So yeah, um, I, even, okay. I played any games that came out in 2010. I can have a list. A small segment. Actually, no, wait. I did play, play one. Oh, okay, so we'll start I did play Al. one. <laughs> Al played one. So like, how was your 2010 of 2010 games? Uh. I don't know. It was good, I guess. <laughs> well, what what hey, did you play? Was- <laughs> yes, I want to um, know. I want to make sure you're talking about the right game because I know a game you played in 2010. Unless you got more than one. We wait a game that came out in 2010 that I played in 2010. Yes, yes. 
Start off with that, yeah. Oh, well, I, I guess it's not just one. Well, let's see. I'm looking. Okay, uh, that's good. <laughs> I think it might be one. Um, Brotherhood. Oh, so wait, that game came out in 2010. Right, I forgot about that. Brotherhood. Yeah, that's one. That's two, then. Two games that came out What's in 2010. What's the other game you were thinking about? Oh, oh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Final Fantasy Four Heroes of Light, but Super I, I, I see some Meat Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. I played it for like <laughs> two hours on my old Xbox, and I haven't played it since. But I will get to it when I uh, finish Prototype, and then I go to my Xbox. What I'm saying, it's a game that came out in 2010 that you played in 2010. <laughs> right, that's true. I forgot. I'm thinking about games that I went through. Um, I, I guess. I, I guess I the nature. I, I was just saying. I guess I think the nature of the question is more around like if you had to do a game of the year type thing like what are your thoughts on any candidates who like you beat it so so like basically you you beat assassin's creed brotherhood right yeah you play well you play two hours of meat boy but that's still kind of a lot when you consider the levels are short um you played heavy rain right you beat heavy rain you beat heavy rain there you go uh god of war 3 you beat god of war 13 13 there you go so so like it kind of in your in your 2010 two game of the year (laughs) mass effect 2 Effective. Yeah. What What did you think of like? How, where do the others stand for you? Uh. Well. All. It, oh. Okay. Wait. 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 I, I can't say Mass Effect Two is the de facto game of the year because I'm gonna say that Mass Effect Two, in terms of games that I finished this year, Mass Effect Two and Dragon Quest Nine are two of the top games that I've played. Um. I've played Dragon Quest Nine for the longest amount of time, 97 hours before I finished the game. Jesus. Uh, then second place is Final Fantasy Thirteen with fifty six plus hours, and then it's Final F- uh no sorry uh Mass Effect Two which was forty six actually Final Fantasy Ten was forty eight but that didn't come out in two thousand ten. <laughs> um, whoa, what the fuck was seventy one hours? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Final Fantasy Twelve was seventy one hours and twenty minutes. Um, uh, anyway, Mass Effect Two had a very awesome story and the graphics were pretty fucking cool for the computer that I had, but now they're fucking unbelievable. Uh, so I think that in terms of the, the, the actual game, like I could continue playing Dragon Quest nine right now, but I don't think I would go through the whole game again from start. So maybe Mass Effect two would beat out Dragon Quest nine for game of the year. But, and, and a very, very, very close third would be Assassin's Creed Brotherhood only because like, <laughs> Brotherhood was a really awesome game. Uh, that, I don't even know what else to say about that. <laughs> I, 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 all I'm going to say is that I'm, I'm just looking at this list here of the games I finished in 2010, and one biggest milestone was that I finished three Assassin's Creed games this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, I think I did the same thing. I think I did the same thing. Uh, I, started, uh, I started wrapping up Assassin's Creed in February, and then I moved right on to two, and I blasted through that in a week, and then I blasted through Brotherhood in a week. Um, which uh, to 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 veteran gamers like, hey, it took a week for you to beat that, but like consider that I actually only get like an hour or two in a night, and sometimes I don't. Twenty hour game, yeah. I'd say you did eight times faster than I did. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty like solid. me and James. Me and James are here, probably like the slowest <laughs> ever. Like yeah. it took me I two mean, weeks for Assassin's Creed Two, I think actually, and that was yeah. I was playing like every day, like after work, like I was going crazy on it. I felt you, you went and did all like the side shit, right? Yeah, I did yeah. everything. Like I'm a completionist, but then you look at James, and I'm like, oh my god. See, I didn't do that though. <laughs> I didn't do that. Like, like after I beat Assassin's Creed Two, is when I started going in and doing the contract assassinations because I just went through the story because I wanted to, to to see the whole game. 
right. that took me about a week and a half or two. <clears throat> um, I, I guess, like, out of the games that came out in 2010 for me um, that I beat or that I played a significant amount of, um, I, I got to go with Brotherhood because I didn't play Mass Effect 2. Um, I didn't play more than a couple hours of Meat Boy. I'm still in World 3. But uh, Brotherhood, I, I think a lot of people seem to take issue with the fact that it's basically a reskinned Assassin's Creed 2. Um, and I, Pete, did you play it? Brotherhood, no. Okay. Um, Which I'll talk it, about in a little bit. Okay. I can't uh, talk about it. You haven't played it. No, I'll talk about why I haven't played it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but um, I, I, the reason why Assassin's Creed 2 hit me so hard was the fact that <clears throat> one, I, I really didn't like one all that much. Um, and I think that Perhaps this is kind of a skewed perspective, um, because whenever I see something that is such a dramatic improvement over its predecessor, yep. I, I tend to be more amazed by it than if it were just to be, you know, a the better version that, of it. That part out. Right, a better version of it, or like it was the first one out and it was that good. You know, when when it's such an improvement over something that was shit, I'm like, oh. So, <laughs> and and I kind of got <clears throat> a similar reaction from brotherhood <coughs> because of the stuff that they added in it um not because it was such an improvement because it, brotherhood to me is a better game than two um but i still look more fondly on two because of my experience with it and because i i actually like um the three different city <coughs> excuse me the three different cities um and being able to get intimate with those cities as opposed to like being in one massive sprawling city right but like the fact that brotherhood still kind of gave me like these oh shit moments of like like wow this is this is new and this is kind of awesome that i'm able to do xyz and i'm trying to be vague here Pete, because i don't want to spoil things for you unless you've been listening to other podcasts and, and have had it spoiled already have i'm you? playing through it right now so oh you are okay. i haven't had it spoiled yet so no okay don't spoil it. so i won't i won't spoil it but like you know certain gameplay elements that that come in and you see them you know happen and you're just like Wow, like holy shit. Well, I was like that. I don't know if other people are jaded and they're like, but um, oh, the part where you find out you're Keanu Reeves and it's just the Matrix. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And all your buttons just make you say, whoa, 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 whoa. All units, but it, you know, it's it's not even a story thing. It's just kind of a, it's it's totally a one. I'm so happy to be back in this universe, and two. Oh my God! Look what they added to it. You know, and yeah. I usually don't get that. So um, I think it it it, cert- it it manhandles absolutely manhandles um, mm, man. heavy. <laughs> it manhandles for me. It manhandles heavy rain um, in terms of like what was my favorite game of the year. Uh, I, I thought heavy green. Heavy green. Wow. <laughs> heavy thought, green. Heavy green. Isn't Don't that wet? <laughs> yeah, that is wet. Um, I um. I, I really thought Heavy Rain was 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 a fantastic uh, ach- achievement, um, but I, I mean there were there were problems there were big problems that I had with it uh, specifically with regards to the story and like things that they just left hanging. Um, God of War three, I think it it gave me superficial oh shit moments, but like it, because like because it's bombastic, right? God of War is going to be bombastic, and that's how you're going to get your thrills. But when you really dissect it, when I really dissect it and I think about, like, how thrilled was I to actually engage myself in this play mechanic? Meh. You know, God of War is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's, it's button mashy. It's fun. It's outlandish. But it, it doesn't quite hit me in this. It hit the same notes for me as, um, as Brotherhood did. Uh, and I still think that God of War 2 is the best one of the series. Um, 
definitely over three. Even the three looked fantastic. You know, they're eh. And then what else did I actually beat this year that came out this year? <clears throat> Al, can you help me remember? Because I can't remember. Um, I don't know. Did you update your backlog? Yeah, but I don't know how much of that shit was actually from this year. Um, um you don't have a, a date that you finished. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But oh. I mean, uh, out of the other ones, <laughs> out of the other games that I played, um, you know, Four Heroes of Light, cool game. Uh, you know, it's still it's still not better than you know the the best uh, Square Enix RPGs that I played, honestly, uh, so far. But I'm only like you know five hours into it. Um, I can't remember. Did did Miles Edgeworth come out this year, or is it last um, year? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm actually not typing anything. My fingers just dancing <laughs> over. <laughs> Great, thanks. According that, 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 to Amazon, Miles Edgeworth. Two thousand nine. Two thousand ten. Yeah, six. February sixteenth. Two thousand ten. Wow. Okay, so so I'm I'm about I'm probably like three quarters of the way through that game. Um, it it's not it's, in my opinion. It I don't even enjoy it any more than the core attorney games. So. And, and and that's not to say that like I should use that as a criteria for measuring it against other games that it came out this year, but just that alone, knowing that I enjoy something like Brotherhood more than I do the Ace Attorney games, like there's no way that that's going to leapfrog, you know. So also a cool game. Um, some issues with it, uh, and you know I could talk about that if we have enough time for what we've been playing, which we probably won't, but we'll see. Um, so I'm like right now as it stands, I'm giving it to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I know next year I could play Mass Effect Two and be like, oh my god, I should have given it to that, but. As it stands, haven't played it yet. So sorry. Um, any any anyone of you guys, uh, Jimito, Jaimito, yes. Jaimito. Well, uh, the the only game I think that I played in 2010 and beat was uh, Red Dead Redemption. Okay, I think you played the so, hell out of that game. Yes, I did. Um, okay, because uh, I yeah I like Rockstar's formula that they've got going on for open world games like with Grand Theft Auto and uh, Red Dead and what it looks like they're going to continue on with L.A. Noir. Like I, that's, that's kind of like, I really get into that. And so like, I, I went to crazy, I went crazy with Red Dead and uh, I loved it. So that would, but that was the only game that I could, that I could, I could say that about and play. Like I didn't get to play Mass Effect 2 either. And to be honest with you, knowing how much I loved the first Mass Effect, like I would probably say Mass Effect 2 if I played it, but I didn't. So, um, that's just how I work. So Red Dead Redemption would be my. I I love Brotherhood, but I didn't technically beat it until like just a couple weeks ago. Anyway. That's fine. That's fine. So. <laughs> <I'll count> that. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess Alan Wake. I just finished up, but it was I don't know when that was released. And those so it was like the only like 2010 was like a barren gaming year for me. Like as far as stuff like I had way too much stuff that I was playing older stuff or just wasn't playing at all. So like yeah, Red Dead would would be mine now. Considering that it, it's, it, it seems like it's kind of a, a default game of the year, um, now going yeah. into it critically, w- would you say, in your opinion, that it's... And I ask this simply because I'm, I'm curious as to see what your thoughts are, because I haven't even played it. But uh, I think it was the, the, the VGA's game of the year. I think it was GameSpot's game of the year. Um, <coughs> and a lot of people um, on Shack News called it their game of the year. Now, do you, do you agree with that assessment Like in playing through it, or do you, do you feel like... If you played more of the other games, you might like you might have a, have a bone to pick with what with their selection of Red Dead. Um, I honestly think I would have a bone. Like I I loved it, but like and and there, there's a lot of stuff to it. But I, I guess another thing is that there's like a big gap by when I played. Like I played it and like sunk like 50 hours into it, and then like I didn't play it for like four or five months, 
and then came back to it and then beat it and finished mm. it up. So like okay. that was there was a big disconnect there, I think, for me to be like, okay, game of the year, hands down, you know, right. no question. Um, so like, I don't know. And so I, it's weird because this is this sounds horrible, but because when I played Mass Effect, like I I knew the first time you know I played through it and I beat the game, I was like, man, this was like because it was one of my favorite games that I played like ever. You know, like I I loved it that much. And so like, me too. <laughs> And so with Red Dead, you know, like, I loved it, but, like, I couldn't say, okay, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, I just I just really liked it, you know, and so, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to say. I feel I the same way about my choices, so. What, so what, what were your choices? <clears throat> um, for me as well, 2010 was an extremely barren year for video games. Uh, I, I moved into an apartment with my girlfriend, and that took out, about a month's worth of time. And, yeah. Yeah, at least of just getting moved in and stuff, and not to mention working my ass off just to get this place and things like that. So, but I think like the the last quarter of last year was probably the most successful for me. Like, I played a shit ton of backlogged games and stuff, but in terms of 2010, I think Dead Rising 2 was probably the most I played. And like, I have the same thing where it's like, well, it's not my favorite game of all time, and it wasn't like game of the year material. But man, I really love that game. Like, I played it and beat the beat it probably four or five times. Jesus! Wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just really, really liked the style of that game, and it didn't really change from the first one. But they made very small improvements to make it like the first Dead Rising was just so great awesome. concept. Yeah, great concept, but all these little faults just make it hard to enjoy that great concept. It's like, I like what you're going for, but I don't really like what you're doing kind of thing. <laughs> and even even that game, still, I loved it. I, I could just, I saw through it and and was able to enjoy it. Like, I was able to get around the problems. And Dead Rising 2, those problems didn't really exist. And Dead Rising is a tricky game anyway. It's like... What? I have Dead Rising too. You have to learn how to like. You have to learn how to play it in a way, and, and in order to really enjoy it. And uh, I mean, I time I sunk so much time in that game. And Dead Rising achievements are hard, but I'm very, very close to pretty much getting a hundred on that, or a hundred percent on that. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I can't believe Mass Effect Two came out in 2010. In <laughs> like, January. I know, it seems like so long ago, because I was writing for a school paper, and I actually reviewed that game. Mass Effect 3 will probably be out early 2012. Yeah, that's scary to think about, because I haven't... I thought it was coming out this year. I, no? I don't think it'll come out this year. I don't know, like, I mean, you know, there's, I don't think there's a definitive date yet, yeah. um, but, Soon. you know, <laughs> I would just imagine that they'd probably, it'll probably come out early, right. 2012, but they're... Side note, just what I want to say real quick that if you boot up Mass Effect 2 now, because uh, I'll talk about it in a second, I'm playing it. But anyway, uh, there's, I guess, the uh, the Cer- Cerberus network thing. When you first start the game, there's like those news things. Uh, there's just, all there is now is like an out of character news or out of game news posting saying that the server is going down and there'll only be a couple more updates throughout the year. Uh, one for some more downloadable content and then one leading up to the release of Mass Effect 3. Wow, okay. The hell is this game? <laughs> what are you looking at? I'm looking at my games because I bought like some indie packs and Oh I don't I'm know sorry to interrupt you slunks. You can keep going. No, that's good. <laughs> um but yeah, like 
Mass Effect 2 is a game I played halfway through, got really busy, started back over a couple months later, got halfway through again, and oh, then God. got busy again. And I love that game so much. Like, that is totally one, one, a game you're playing through, and you're like, man, this is just going to be, like, one of my favorite games ever. Th- that's my experience going through the original Mass Effect right yeah. now. But, of course, I can't really say that because I haven't beaten it, and I haven't right. played all the way through it. So it's like... Mass Effect 2 would be that number one game spot for me, but the only game I can really say I played the hell out of that came out in 2010 would be Dead Rising 2. Dead Rising 2. I mean, I have I have so many weird games I just randomly started <laughs> playing and got really, really into, and I really enjoyed, like, freaking Symphony of the Night and, like, and some other stuff, um, Peggle and, and Call yeah, of Duty Peggle. 4 for a little bit. Yeah, Peggle is pretty freaking awesome, and... Um, Dragon Age and God, I can't even believe Dragon Age was was that 2009? I think Dragon Age was 09. Yeah, I think it's 09. Yeah, the but, like expansion whatever came out this year, but right, that doesn't yeah. really count. Yeah, no. Um, and like the South Park Tower Defense game and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, existed. I guess I could say this game too because it kind of is. I mean, it's still not even technically out, but Minecraft. Yeah, um, that counts. To- that's totally a game I thought... That's a game that I look at. It's like World of Warcraft. I look at it, I'm like, I hate you. I know, if I, <laughs> I know if I played you, I'd really love it, and I'd enjoy it, but I just... But I hate you. Yeah. And I hate friends, what you do to me. <laughs> some friends within our group... To you. Some friends within me and James's group uh, pretty much talked me into buying... Or actually, my friend Jim uh, bought it for me, so I had no excuse to play it at that point. And we actually got a server just for us and everything. And, uh, yeah, that game is totally awesome, very unique, and I have the most fun with the most simple game ever. I mean, it's simple, but it's as complex as you make it. It's, I feel like a kid playing with, like, Legos when I play that game. It's totally... I just have all these projects I want to do, and I just basically, like, built a tower to the top of the sky, and I'm like, okay... And I'm gonna you- dig. Th- I'm gonna dig through this giant mine. And I'm gonna find all the iron I possibly can. I'm gonna make a a mine cart that goes all the way down from that top part of the tower. And like, it takes a lot of work, but you just feel really good about doing these projects and like <coughs> looking at something you created. I created like this giant ass gl- uh, greenhouse uh, that took a long time to make. But when my friends logged on and saw it, they were like, "Wow, that's really cool!" And every time I logged on. It was really cool to see until the server accidentally wiped all of our progress that we did. But oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Are you playing the, uh, the zombie version or the non-bee version? Hmm. You like, mean, are, like, no the, enemy was, that night? Yeah. Well, that's confusing. I'm playing the one with the with monsters coming at night, so I, I feel like I can't play that game unless that happens because although I just kind of stay inside at night, I feel like I'm building kind of uselessly. It's like, I built this bridge, but really, what is like, it like, for? What is it there for? And and with yeah. the zombies kind of give you a little bit of... Incentive to yeah. do stuff, yeah. And, and things with, like, I have this project working on forever to make this very large castle and and uh, pretty much monsters don't spawn where there's light, so I want to light up the whole courtyard part of it and make a little town out of it, but that takes a lot of work and a lot of time, but I'm having fun doing it. Like, there's times where I'm I step away from the game and I'm like, holy shit, that was a lot of fun. Like right. 
you play Mass Effect and, you know, it's in depth of story and you're really into it, but you're in, into it for a different reason, I think. But right. With Minecraft, with Minecraft, I don't know why that game appeals just so, it just screams the word fun for some reason. You like games that are about you doing fun! work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Al is Minecraft. Al is my Al is Minecraft. Uh, my yeah. me mine. I screamed fun. Did I sound oh. like Al? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that definitely wasn't me. <laughs> Pete, you have <laughs> Pete, you have dreadlocks. I've been working on that for a while, so I'm glad it paid off. There you go. Right. Um, podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what about you? Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Oh God. Oh, oh. oh God. For me, 2010 was a fucking huge year. Like gaming wise, I guess you made uh, up for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to this one a lot because I know that you were able to check out a lot of games, and so you have so much perspective on all this stuff now. I'm I'm really curious as to like what what came out of your pile for for goatee. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's hard to remember like a lot of early stuff from 2010. I mean, obviously, Mass Effect 2 was like one of the big first names from 2010, but I just started playing it recently, so. I'm kind of in the same boat as Slunks, where if I had probably played that in 2010, like, from the little bit I've just played recently, I could already envision it having been, like, my personal favorite game of 2010. But since I just started recently, I can't even say that. Um, But yeah, that game is pretty fucking awesome, just for, like, the, uh, like, 10 hours I've put into it so far. Um, Which, you know, in Mass Effect World, that's only a little bit. Um, But, uh... That other stuff from 2010 that I did play, you know, Blur came out, and despite it having some flaws or whatever, I thought that was a great game because uh, it, it, for me, that combined a lot of elements I like about Wipeout with stuff that I kind of like about, like, maybe like a game like Burnout or something like that. Um, Jet Moto. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I found that to be a really fun racing game. Uh, Alan Wake came out early in the year, and I absolutely loved that game. Uh, that had its fault in its combat, but story-wise and atmosphere was really great in that game. Um, then you had stuff like a lot of downloadable stuff. Limbo came out, and uh, I'll just but, say right off the bat... Oh, I forgot to talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll just say right off the bat that... I'll just say right now that Super Meat Boy is my personal game of the year, but if Super Meat Boy had not come out, Limbo would have yeah, Limbo mm. would have been my game of the year. Um, cause so Limbo, really saying is Super Meat Boy is number one and Limbo is number two. Yes, in my okay. own personal list, that's what would happen. Where where um, would the where would the um the games you checked out, such as Red Dead? Um, what else did you check out? I mean, you got Heavy Rain. You have uh, Red Dead. You have um, oh. fuck, what else? I had a list of games actually opened at one point. Um, uh, De- uh, uh Rock Band Three, obviously. Right. Um, Oh yeah, I didn't even talk about Rock Band Three. Yeah, like, and that's the thing is, like, I played a shit ton of Rock Band Two over the summer. Like, I think it was like three months where I just played Rock Band Two obsessively, and then Rock Band Three came out, and I played it for like a couple weeks. But I don't know if it was just that I was gearing up towards getting my PC with my new PC, which again is like something for me that was a huge thing in 2010. I finally got my new PC after like seven years or whatever of using a crappy old PC that could barely play anything. And nice. so, you know, I got this PC, and then I started getting a bunch of games and stuff. So, like, even just last... This is in 2010, but just last night, I played six hours of Civ Five. Oh! Um, and so, like, just... I'm that was very so Asian much. of you, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing so much gaming from last year and now starting out this year. Like, it's just ridiculous. And, uh, oh, uh, what else? Uh, Harry Potter, uh, years one through four, you know, Lego oh! Harry Potter, 
was a, a good game. Person, I thought personally, um, I thought it was one of the best Lego games. Um, There's just a lot of shit. Uh, <laughs> and then obviously, I got my iPhone in 2010, and I got into portable gaming on my iPhone. So there's that as well. Um, to do kind of a personal list, it's kind of hard. Uh, again, I'd probably put if I were to do a quick rundown of top five games. I'd probably do Super Meat Boy, Limbo. Um, after that, it'd probably be Alan Wake. Uh, then possibly Heavy Rain, and probably round it out with Pac-Man CEDX, um, oh, yeah. oh. which also came out, and I thought was an incredible fucking game. Uh, but that's just real quick off the top of my head. But without a doubt, no question, for me, Super Meat Boy is my favorite game of 2010 and possibly like up there with my favorite games. Well, not possibly it is up there with my favorite games of all time already. Um, those, that is my type of game, you know, hardcore challenging, uh, fast paced, like real quick levels, like just really testing skills. Like, I mean, everyone who listens to the show knows that I was a huge fan and in love with N plus and super meat boy is like an evolution of stuff. I liked from met from N plus 2010s N plus. Well, no. uh, well, N plus was two thousand eight or nine or something. Um, right. But yeah, no, I mean, just I, I was going to ask which you liked better, but you already answered that question for me. So yeah, I mean, Super Meat Boy, just the character, like the characterization of the character, yeah, of the characters, characterization of the characters. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but yeah, like the characters in it, the uh, like the humor, the dark humor, and just like the I love I love the level design, uh, the progress, the music. Yeah, the music is fucking, fucking awesome. Yeah. I got the soundtrack for it, and I as was did I. Listening to it on the train yesterday, and all I could think about was, man, I wish I was home playing Super Meat Boy. <laughs> That's what it does <laughs> to you. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, like uh, there's a progress to the to the levels that like was absent in a game like N Plus or whatever. Um, where it's like you really feel like things scaling. Uh, and then just all the all the homages and like you know like callbacks to thing to retro gaming stuff um <clears throat> the warp zones and things like that and the, and the secret characters like i bought super meat boy on 360 and pc just because i wanted those different secret characters and mm-hmm. you know they're gonna have an editor uh coming out early this year so that is just like a full featured package game that is everything i love about video games yeah <laughs> i'm scared to see a pete level on super meat boy <laughs> oh god i will definitely get into that oh um what was I going to say? I don't remember. <laughs> I hope that I hope that it's a little bit better because, or I remember I got really excited about the braid level creator and how much potential that was going to have, and that didn't really have an official release, and it just kind of trickled out, and nobody really did anything with it. So I really hope that Super Meat Boy is like going to actually do something. Well, I know with- people have already been making levels of Super Meat Boy because they're they've go, just gone into, into dev mode in the game right. itself and been making right. levels that way. And you know the guy who or guys who created Super Meat Boy, you know, like, well, the one, one of them tweets a lot on, under at Super Meat Boy on Twitter, and he's been, like, talking a lot about the level editor recently, so it does sound like they're gearing up to release it really soon. Um, and, yeah. Oh, the thing I was going to say that I was, like, forgot for a second was that I love Super Meat Boy so much that um, I am, I'm promising, guaranteeing I'm going to do this. There was a thing on Twitter, some random person uh, tweeted a picture of their homemade tabletop like super meat boy arcade cabinet wow and they said that they're gonna it was retweeted by super meat boy that's how i saw it so and there's that person said they're gonna put instructions up on how they did it and when they do i am absolutely going to build that that is fantastic 
Nice. I had a really quick question for James. What about a costume quest? Didn't you play the hell out of that? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually didn't mention any of the DLCs. I really like costume quests, actually, quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I remember uh, playing it, too. Like, I mean, I just played the demo, but from what I played of it, it, that was a lot of fun. And, like, if it wasn't for everything else that I was playing at the time, I probably would have bought and played through the full version. Yeah. yeah. There's so many freaking games from 2010 that are on my buy list, like Super Meat Boy and Costume Quest. And, God, I could just probably keep going if I had a list. But it just there's no time. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> no my time! That was no what time. I said I was going to talk about why I haven't, pl- haven't played Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. And oh, yeah, yeah. That is Shoot. exactly why. There just it wasn't time. Like, between everything else I've been playing and then when, when, the, when I started gearing up to get my PC and that was my focus, that's right around the time that game was coming out. And so that's why I just haven't played it yet. But that's another one I could envision being up there in my top five just because of how I feel about the Assassin's Creed series that, you know, I just didn't get to. So to, that'll probably be one of my 2011 games of 2010 or something. Well, let, let me let me tell you this. I feel like Al. I, I so Al beat the game, and he calls me. He never does this, but he beat <laughs> Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and calls me. And I, I can't tell you what the conversation entailed because that would spoil things. Yeah. But like he just called. I was like, I was like, Al's calling me. I was like, Hey, what's up, man? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I just beat Brotherhood. Yo, <laughs> yo, and and all because because I knew what he was talking about. All I did was go right, right. So, so the yeah. half the conversation was yo, right, right, yo, right. So yes, dude, 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 dude. Ah, uh, well, um, once I beat Mass Effect two, I will go right to. I'll, I'll probably game fly or somehow get Brotherhood and play that Brood, S Creed Brood. Oh, excuse me. Um, there were two. There are two ways we can go with this. I uh, because I know Slunks is running out of time. I wanted to either talk about well, we did we did get quasi game of the year. Um, I kind of wanted to do not a year retrospective, but a um, a half decade retrospective since the beginning of this podcast. Not about the podcast, but about the industry, about games and stuff. But we also want to do what we've been playing. So Slunks, you being the one who has to do some duties, what would you rather do first? Pool party! Okay, we're going to have a pool party. Bye! No. What's up? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> you were busy putting icons in our Skype chat window. No, the question was, uh, Would you, since, since you uh, have about 20 minutes left before the world ends, as you put it, yep. would you rather talk about... Would you rather talk about what we've been playing, um, or would you rather do like a half-decade year in review? Half decade in review. Uh, probably the half decade because okay. we all, in a way, touched on what we we're playing already. So actually, so, there's something that up, I bro. wanted to mention. Don't ruin oh, it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so we're we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about the last five years in gaming, um, and then bid slunks adieu, and then try to jam some of what we've been playing in there, um, with the rest of the crew. So we'll be right back. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
right, we are back for our brief half decade in review before Basso has to bounce out of here. So last five years have basically been, um, wow, this podcast has been pretty much going on for five years. Um, yeah. And I guess I guess a lot of things have that, that uh, five years ago is when the 360, well, slightly over five years ago when the 360, <coughs> excuse me, 360 launched um, PS3, and we were on the way. Industry is, I think, has changed dramatically uh, mm-hmm. since the PS2 days. So, uh, what I guess I, I'd like Slings to go first and get his thoughts in before he has to uh, destroy the world. Um, but I mean, what were some significant trends or, or games for you over the last five years? Definitely a significant trend that is still kind of happening, but I'm not a fan of, at least, is, is peripherals. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, Wiimote, Move, now, yeah, Connect is in a way. talked peripheral. about that for our 2010 stuff. Yeah, it's just like, it's still happening, and even to this day, like, people aren't really that satisfied with Connect unless you're a family-type gamer, you know, who has kids and, and all that, or... I mean, has the move come out yet? I'm not even really paying attention. To yeah, it's, it's been out. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I went well, to my best buy and I was like, "Yo, are you selling moves?" And they're like, "We're sold out." And I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, so. it's just. But that could just be because they stocked three. Right. It, it, yeah. They're dabbling in a market that really only appeals to one certain type of person, which is the father with an Xbox or the mother with an Xbox or whatever, <laughs> or the PS3. Or, it's like I look at that stuff. I'm like. Okay, cool. If it was like, if it had more games that appealed to me and also was not two hundred dollars, because two hundred dollars in this day and age is a lot of money. But uh, I don't know. This decade in general is probably, or this half decade, I guess, is this generation is the best for um, games in general. I think games journalism has kind of lost itself a little bit, or. it's like it's found this comfortable spot, I guess. I don't know. Mm. It's hard to explain. Journalism and and I mean, what we got? Game Informer. Does anything else exist anymore? Yeah, I I feel like what happened was they you saw this kind of upswing in the in the level of scrutiny that journalists started to approach the industry with uh, right around two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven. And, yeah, definitely. And, and that Penny Arcade comic of of you know Dan Shu, you know, growing balls and asking Peter more tough questions, like, dude, why does your shit suck? Like, what is going on? And that was when the kind of opening salvo happened. And then, uh, not that these two events are related, but y- y- you see, the, and, and Slunks, I'm so sorry, I'm cutting into your time. I'll be quick. With this. No, you're you're like, fine, dude. Y- you. You, you see that kind of uptick in, you know, in this part I find is kind of silly, but at least they're exploring this. Like, the whole, do we need a Lester Bangs in games journalism? The answer is no. But, you know, th- that type of thought, that exploration, arguments about whether or not games are art, and then and then at some point, um, Gershman Gate, as it's called, happens. Yeah. And yeah. That, that kind of blew, blew up kind of one... One area of you know of, of the press, uh, uh, you know, yeah. online or online or journal or or, or pub print or what have you. Then yeah. that happens. Then computer gaming world it, it gets turned into GFW magazine and then gets shuttered. And then Ziff Davis explodes and half of the one up staff is cut. Um, they get scattered all over the world. Um, you know, so so I I saw this like if, if I were to chart like the momentum of the power of games press. 
over the last five years, it, it kind of like zooms all the way up. And again, I'm making a finger motion, but as you can see, um, everybody who's listening, please play along. <laughs> but like you see this, this, this slow, this line sloping upwards, like really steeply and then plummet just as fast, like yeah. right in the middle of that era. And it's, and you know, thank God for, thank God for giant bomb. Thank God one up still employs people like Jeremy Parrish. Thank God that, Garnett is trying to do something with Shaq News. Thank God John Davison is trying to revamp Game Pro into something different because if it weren't for that, like it's like Where all that momentum, all, huh? Where would it be? Right, all that momentum is just like completely like gone to waste. Um and it's hard. I don't know. Anyway, back to you slunks. I'm sorry. I just Yeah, I just remember when Gertzman Gate happened, I literally looked at my major in college and I and, was, and took a second I was like, thought. am I really going to enter this world where i mean whatever happened happened but that's just kind of like when reality is, hit is that something that you want to put up with yeah and i talked with actually i got uh i sent an email type deal with uh jeff um asking about freelance journalism and jeff told me that the world of freelancing isn't as good as it sounds, and that a lot of people. I'm looking at these breasts that you made in the chat, and I don't <laughs> understand how some of these, like, some of these are really bad. What is that? What is this? What is that? <laughs> That's the body. That's the whole body. Okay. That's the belly. That's the body. <laughs> and the v- oh, I got you. The v- yes. there you go. It That's all goes I together. It, it, I excuse me, because James made the top half, so I thought. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. Okay, <laughs> it's like the the woman from uh, Kung Pao and her the fist, or. <laughs> so... All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't even, in a way, want to talk about personally games and the quality of them because they've gone so far up that every single game that it feels like every single game comes out is amazing. And like, that's just that there's nothing behind it. Like development has found the games themselves are great, but like it's the behind the scenes. That's interesting to me. It's like the development has found that stride. I'm laughing at my own joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The development has, has found its stride. And like, I think everybody finally knows what to do to really make a good game and to stop putting out, games that are like eh, that was all right like there's more and more great games coming out um but at the same time it's like this industry is still so shaky it's like development hasn't found its side because they're just letting go like all these people yeah and i mean i feel so sorry for the people at mythic studios pretty much getting raped by ea oh because ea backed them up uh, to help produce Warhammer, and then Warhammer didn't turn out what it was supposed to be, so EA basically fired Mark Jacobs, the freaking creator of... I mean, it's still, like, rumor and stuff, and nobody really knows what happened. It's kind of like the Gertzman Gate type deal. Right. But Mark Jacobs, you know, the guy who basically created, I, I believe, Dark Age of Camelot and stuff like that, isn't even with his own company anymore because of that, and along with... Um, 130 other people at that studio. Luckily, like Paul Barnett and and Carrie Guskos, uh, they're still there. And but a couple thank other God, people. Thank God for that, you know. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of random rumors and stuff that really the people, the bigwigs at that studio aren't that amazing at all. Which is why Warhammer kind of failed 
and some right, like the whole EA Louse thing is. Yeah, it was like <coughs> Paul, Bar- Paul Barnett. Apparently, there was like a guy who got fired, so he ranted about it. And Paul Barnett, like, yeah. Paul Barnett and, is and, like and he, the like he doesn't do anything except he's just like this. He's like the spokesman, and Jeff Hickman, the developer, really, you know, apparently just played golf the whole time and never really did anything for the game or stuff and, like. That. And, so, and you take that with a grain of salt, but still, it kind of casts the shadow over. Mm-hmm. the industry in that way exactly so it's like you have these people in these positions and all these other people got fired yet i you know there's thousands of people out there who really really want to do game development or are really passionate and serious about it so like why aren't these you know apparently really bad big wigs getting let go and it's just like the other thing in terms of journalism it's like i think we're really really craving the quote-unquote what hard news games journalism. And I think it really does need to happen for the industry to really turn and to really be serious. But at the same time, is it, is it something that we want? Yeah, so it's like, I, I don't think as a scale, like everybody who's ever played games in the world is ready for. But at the same time, I think there should be at least one or two outlets that offer something like... Uh, What's his face asking Peter Moore those types of questions? Sorry, Dan I forgot. Shu. Yeah. Dan Shu, yeah, and uh, and I I want to go up. I want to walk up to Peter Molyneux and be like, you know, <laughs> why do all your games suck? <laughs> Not exactly that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I love Peter Molyneux. I've been playing. You know, I played Theme Hospital back in the day, and I love that game still. <laughs> something he did, but. Um, you know, I want to be able to walk up to people and actually ask them legitimate journalism questions because that will help games journalism actually be games journalism. I mean, there's still this debate that games journalism isn't really the right definition because we're, as reviewers and and hobbyists or whatever of writing about video games, we're still, like, not really journalists. It's like, I have a major in journalism, and I'm learning about all this stuff, and but it's not really... You don't feel like it really applies. Yeah, it's like, in a way it does, but not where the industry's at right now. Right. And but, at the same time, it's always like, does it need to be that? So, I don't know. But yeah, it's just like, this is definitely the biggest half decade that has gone straight up and straight down. It's like all yeah. over the place right now. I, so. I look at, you know, and just to, to, to comment on your thing about the, the press, the games press... I look at what our major events are, the VGAs. I, I take one, one look at that. Oh. I take one Ooh. look at that, and I'm like, we have so exactly. far to go. There, there is a yep. long-ass way to go. I mean, I remember last year, it was like fucking just <clears throat> Jack Black running around screaming for the whole thing or whatever. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Not last year, sorry. 2009. But it, you, you know, it's funny to, to, to jump back quickly into the Lester Bangs thing, you know, just for the sake of argument. Like... I mean, not not that we need this one guy in the journalism space, but like in terms of identifying with you know the developers and creators, uh, you know, and, and the visionaries behind these games. And I think someone made the com- comment: "It's like, why do we need him? What are you going to do? You're going to go in there with a camera and watch people code?" No, I agree with that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, what what you know, what should get exposed, and and what does. Um, and, and that's, it's a good thing. And, you know, that's what I was taught, that, that's what I was hoping for. What we're working towards is, you know, sitting down with the creators and, and discussing their creative process. Um, the little, so it's like, sorry, I need to cut in really quick. Cause I'm no, yeah. blow up. So it's like, okay, Warhammer Online basically 
failed its vision. Why aren't there any fucking journalists finding out why? Great There's question. There's nothing out there. So that's that's the journalism I'm looking for. Yeah, and and you know that it's so it, the, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the press here is so tied closely to the industry, kind mm-hmm. of like um, I don't know what you compare it to, like Access Hollywood instead yeah. of you know someone who is trying to dig out a real story. It's it's all because it's entertainment. It's all hype. It's all you know whatever. And the best that we can do is find some insane Bobby Kotick quote and like rant about it. You know, yep. EA is not going <laughs> to allow that type of <coughs> exposure. They fire a guy, they're going to sign him up under an NDA so he can't talk about it. You know, and it just it, there's there's no way to get in. There's no way to get that access without like endangering someone else. You know, so uh, and frankly, to to society at large, because it's entertainment, it doesn't matter, and so no one's yep. going to. Clamor exactly. about it, and, and it sucks that it, basically we can't do anything about it, and I think that sucks. That's also the thing, like, I mean, movies have been around for, obviously, a lot longer than video games, but nobody is asking the hard questions. Why did Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't know, 3 get a far less rating on IMDb than the first one, or, like, getting hard about questions? Like, or dude, what like happened here? You right. Know? Nobody's doing that in the movie industry either because it's entertainment. Why do we yeah. need to? And you, you, so. you have to you have to wait for like some disgruntled um, um, person in the production staff to be like, "Yo, come here. Here's what happened." You know, and but so. they're not even worried about that because no one asks. Yep. So that's my rant about stuff. Yeah, yeah. Rabble, 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 rabble. And it'll, it'll not, I don't think it'll ever. I mean, now that I'm mentioning movies, maybe that'll never happen or whatever, but. If people are looking to make websites that appeal to people, then hard journalism, hard video game journalism is probably your best way to succeed. Because if you create any other website, you're just going to look like anybody else. But I think there is room. Yeah. There's definitely room. There's definitely an audience. I mean, I feel like I'm not the only one asking for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Word. Is that, is that the end? <coughs> is that the end of the world for you, sir? That's the end! <laughs> this podcast is over. This podcast is over for the fifth time. Um, but right, Slunks, thank you for joining. Uh, it's been great having you back on. Uh, we hope to be okay. seeing you, seeing gonna, more of you in the future. Don't, don't send me off to shed. I'll stick around for the. Oh, cool. I have, I have literally uh, ten minutes. nine minutes and twenty something seconds. Okay, so nine minutes. Does anybody else want to? You know. Does anybody else have thoughts over the last half decades of gaming, or or or? Yes, yeah, sorry wanna... if I started it off all no, like no, 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 no. Bad... That's, that's fine. It's important. Super uh, serious. <laughs> but does anybody else want to comment on that, or or do they just want to go into what they've been playing, or who the what's it, how, there, where, I just, where? I have some quick thoughts on my own personal half decade. Sure, of absolutely, gaming. absolutely. Um, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, uh, you know, if we look back at two thousand five, two thousand six, whatever. You know, when the next generation of consoles coming out and things like that, uh, I never, I, I don't think it was even like a, a hint in my mind at that point that I was going to eventually completely despise the idea of physical media and want an all digital <laughs> future. Because at the time, I was just like, yeah, new console, going to buy up. A-. And I mean, when 360 came out, I was buying like every 360 game that came out, whether it be for points or just because it was a good game or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, like, dropping 60 bucks a game and just, like, building up this huge collection. I, I mean... 360 pimp. Yeah, I mean, I, there was a point where I had at least, like, 
uh, somewhere between like 30 and 40 360 games, um, which at the time was a lot. Um, and uh, then I got into the whole thing where I was like, you know, oh, PS3, I want this now. So I traded all that shit in, whatever. But anyway, right. uh, here we go. So that, like, <laughs> and then, then um, have- but that may have also spurred on to, like, spurred on the thoughts that, like, you know, once stuff started becoming digital, you know, like the downloadable stuff, downloadable games on Xbox Live Arcade, uh, down full downloadable games on PS3. I mean, uh, like, you know, Wipeout, uh, Wipeout HD and, like, uh, the full thing of Burnout uh, Paradise being on... I mean, this was a little bit later on in its life cycle, but still, you know, like, these full games coming out on PS3, um, and eventually 360 doing it, too. And then, just obviously, with Steam, like, really, like, taking off in a big way, uh, as the years progressed from that till now, like, I just saw the my own personal benefits in deciding to go with digital content over physical, uh, stop myself from trading it in or selling it away. And, um, I don't know, just not having to take up the space and generally like digital stuff, just being cheaper in certain regards. So (laughs) digital fucking, um, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, that's just like, despite all the industry stuff that went on in the past five years or whatever, like, for as a personal growth thing or whatever, uh, that sounds kind of personal. Like, personal growth. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta get that it's taken. The new name of this podcast. <laughs> personal growth. Switch it over. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that was that was the biggest thing for me in my life, and I mean, obviously, it's taken a hold, almost a complete hold of my life. In that, like, it's grown from just video games to other content. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, I just wanted to say that 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 was like. That's a big thing for me over the past five years. Yeah. And I know how Austin and Al feel kind of about digital content and, you know, maybe the, and like the possibility of going whole hog with it. Like, how about you, Slunks or Jimbo? How, I mean, how do you guys feel? James. Uh, oh, I, I like the idea of going digital. I guess the thing that still really scares me is the issue uh, of DRM. And, like, if, like, 10 years from now something happens and some server farm, you know, explodes or goes under, like, not having access to the stuff that we have digitally. Like there's no really good solid cataloging system in place to, to make sure that everything is going to be, you know, like, I don't know. I just, that's the, I guess that's the thing that I just, I'm always just a little bit wary of, of that full digital push, you know, like, and I guess that's the only thing. Cause I, I actually still personally like physical medium. Like I, I still buy vinyl records. Like, so that kind of stuff to me is, is like a big deal, but like, the ease that's come up with digitals lately, and especially with Steam, like I mean, it's kind of taken off and become something that that is is to me like kind of changed my mind about it. But I don't know, I'm still just nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. It'd be like really easy. Oh, God, that would suck. <laughs> like if the <laughs> server, whatever, went down, or let's say the company just bankrupts and you lose access to all your games. Well, it's not backed by the government or anything. So, well, I mean, not yet, but I mean like why why can't we have like, you know, cuz we have protection for like for like books, you know, and stuff like that to where if you need to go and then everything is all just saved, Library of Congress so they have all that stuff. Like why right. can't games have the same treatment, you know, that so like, you know, and then we could play, you know, something that's really rare, obscure and never, you know, oh, seen cool. the light of day just because Picture. Picture it's of Kratos in the Library of Congress. That'd be <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> I don't know. Rape lay in the Library of Congress. No. <laughs> there are there are people who have like been pushing for like yeah archi- archiving of like you know video game mediums content and stuff, but yeah that, that hasn't really 
gotten very prevalent yet. I mean, there's that that company that does it for like uh, virtual worlds and stuff, but mm-hmm. like that's just specifically MMO stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like it hasn't really yeah take, gotten the whole industry. Um, but for certain things, I understand like the fear of like losing stuff. But m- my like my personal feelings on it is that um, if it's something that's like doesn't seem like it would happen in the foreseeable future. Yeah, ten years in the future, like that would suck to lose a lot of stuff I invested in. But like even nowadays, it's very rare for me to go back and play a game ten years from ten years ago. And if I do, it's usually through illegitimate means. So like yeah. ten years from now, I might be <laughs> able to go back. To- <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, a, a service like Steam, for instance, I I really have no fears about buying all my PC gaming through them because like they have been around for a while. And I mean. There's always a chance that something bad could happen, but they've tried to uh, assuage fears by saying that that they would, if anything were to happen in the future, that they would make like some sort of they would give you some sort of ability to get your content before like the worst were to happen. Right. Yeah, right. It's um, so funny, like Steam Fire Sale. While I'm not all for online distribution, like 100, percent like I, I I I never want to be in a world where you can't go into a store and buy a game; it has to be online. I love Steam, but at the same time, while I want this physical media, I hate GameStop and I hate Best Buy. I hate going <laughs> to stores and and getting this stuff. It's just I want the physical copy. I think like Amazon is probably the best way to go for a guy like me. <clears throat> Yet I never do that, but you know I want to be able to buy it online, but also have a physical copy just for the sake of having a physical copy. It's not. It's also the thing for me. It's just I'm not necessarily afraid of something happening of my from you know it's. My house could burn down one day. I could lose all my games if I didn't have insurance or whatever. It'd be the same exact thing. But it's just more so of like, I don't want that feeling of something I spent money and own, but I can't even like hold it. I, I think, <laughs> so you know what yeah, I learned, I, right? Uh, I learned that you could back up your games on Steam to DVD or such. Oh, yeah. Which Pete says defeats the purpose of having digital, digital copies of your game, which is true. <laughs> but yeah. it does. Prov- present a solution to having digital distribution and still having a way to have a physical copy of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the big idea for me is the concept of control and ownership, like like Slugs was saying, like you own it, you can see it, but it's not only just being able to see it, it's having control over what you want to do with it, and it's just, um, like with, with Steam, uh, just like Al said, I can back it up to DVD, and that's great. Um, and this is a small thing, but it's an example. Uh, let's say you wanted to keep the Michael Jackson zombie in Plants vs. Zombies. You can't because Steam has control over it. I'm not talking about DRM control. I'm not talking about like uh, copy protection. I'm talking literally about this is my product. This is, you know, I, I own this and if I want to give it to Al, I can. If I want to lend it to Al, I can. If I want to sell it off, I can. If I want to play it intact in the way that it was originally intended to be played when I first bought the disc, I can. I can uninstall the updates, stick in the disc, do what I want with it. That sounds kind of gross. But you know what I mean? It's just a level of control, and that's why even uh-huh. though oh, you know, I'm all for digital distro, but there has to be some, some happy medium. You know, For some people, it's vanity. For me, it's control. Uh, Slunks has one minute. Talk, say stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I got this pocket knife. My future father-in-law gave it to me. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Make sure everyone follows Slunks on Twitter and Slunks follow all of us, you motherfucker. Oh. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Slunky yeah. I, I am Dunkey. James. What do you oh. have to say? Slunky Dunkey. I will. Um, it's. Uh, I had something good to say. Oh, I like where. Like, I, like I love 
Steam, very good job. And I find it really interesting that I don't think any... The closest thing to like competition was on live, uh, and that never really came out. Or did it come out? Or? It came oh, out. It came and out. They're, they're pushing the their stuff, their uh, their set or their their yeah set top box thing right now. Like not really the uh, the web based interface, but right. like a box that hooks up to your TV. And from what I I've heard, it actually works pretty well. But that's cool. Yeah, I think that's totally a great service that kind of offers the same thing and can compete with Steam and probably do a pretty good job. I. For some reason, I haven't really seen it in the news that often, except for the whole like pricing issues and stuff. But in terms of like how well it works, I don't really see much about that. But yeah, Steam does a really good job, and hell, they're the reason why I've probably put thousands of hours into Counter Strike and <laughs> things like that back in the day when we. I mean, remember when we all hated Steam? Yes. Everybody. <laughs> because they messed it up. Yeah, it was. It was crazy at the beginning, and now it's like, I mean, they turned it around like crazy. It's like somebody gave them money and then hired a dude who was really willing to make the service good, and they yeah. just said, go. <laughs> and uh, who, uh, we don't even, like, Valve Valve has, I don't know why I relate Valve and, I mean, Steam so close together, but I can't well, think of anybody, I mean, I know why I do, I guess, but I can't think of anybody from... Steam, like is Steam, part of Valve. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Valve? Steam is it's created by Valve. It's it's wholly owned by Valve. It's there. Okay. You know, so gotcha. I thought it kind of spawned from it, and it just kind of took its own. Spun off. No, no, no. It's still. I, I believe it's still. Well, gotcha. we could check about. We could check up on that real quick. Wikipedia. Uh, Steam. Steam is going to come up as water vapor. Oh God. But this ambiguous. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 100% owned and operated by Valve still. Yeah. Um, well, job to them. That's all. So. Yeah, developers Valve Corporation. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Developed by is used to. Yep. It owned. It owned by. It owned by Valve. So. Well, Valve owns all of us then. Yes, pretty much. We're all okay with that. And that's what's scary, though, is that aren't we all just Gordon Freeman? Maybe. And Valve's G-Man. <laughs> All right. And, uh, uh, females are Alex. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, th- th- Alex is, is is nice. Um, all right, but uh, I sign think me off. sign you off, uh, Slunks. Glad to have you back. Uh, st- stick around in the coming weeks. We may yeah. prank call you again. <laughs> Sundays are always good for me. Just remember that Saturdays are a little hard. So, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. What um, Sundays are never good for me. I had to take off work for this. Oh well, oh, that's dedication. Checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but with Slunk signing off, we'll take another quick break and then come back for our last little pod. Be back. Bye, in- everybody. Bye. Oh God, the world's end. Oh, oh my God, this fight got over. We're back. Slunks is not, but he is with us in spirit, in heart, 
in mind, body, and health, I guess, supposedly. I don't know. Anyway, uh, real quick, we've got about 20 minutes left before our world explodes, and we just want to go quickly over what we've been playing. Pick one game out of your pile of play and go. I'll give the first kudos. Kudos, that's not, that's not the proper usage of the word. I'll give first dibs to our guest, Jamin, Jamito, Rogan, James, Jimbo, Nerd Alert, Vote Communist. Yes. What have you been playing? Oh, man, I actually just finished Alan Wake yesterday. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm going to play Dead Space next. So, um, cause I have to be it one more time because Dead Space 2 comes out in a couple weeks and I'm really excited about that. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, how'd you feel about Alan Wake? Uh, I dug it a lot. Um, as uh, Pete was saying earlier, like they nailed like the atmosphere and, and that kind of stuff. Like the combat was, uh, was a, I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind it, but I could see it's definitely not uh, the strong point of the game. So I still have the two DLCs to do. So I'll be doing those too. Um, cause I haven't actually, I guess technically I haven't actually finished the game then if I haven't beaten those yet. So, um, but yeah, I, um, I thought it was great. There's some like really good, like, like, oh shit moments. Like, like this stuff is like, like that. I was like, man, this is, this is really cool that this is happening. Like, um, and that was, it was, it was a really enjoyable game and it's not too long, which is good. So it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Have you missed, you haven't had time to mess with DLC yet, right? Cause you just, uh, yeah, I've played like, like like maybe thirty minutes of uh, the signal, um, but that's it. Gotcha. So, yeah. Pity. Pity. Oh God, you want to go with me? Pity. Um, Pity. Well, let me look at my Steam recently played. <laughs> um, okay, this is just a very short list apparently out of the last two weeks, and I know I played much more than this. But let's see, I played uh, from beginning to completion Grand Theft Auto Four. Ooh. Uh, like I said, six hours of Civ Five last night. Um, probably about five hours worth of some Fallout Three Game of the Year edition. Uh, Sam and Max episodes one, two, and three from the first season. No, no, I'm all, I started three. I didn't get through three yet. Uh, let's see, what else have I played? Play some Polynomial, Super Meat Boy. How's Burn a Paradise? How's the polynomial? Um, I just played that last night and it's weird. It's not exactly what I thought it was. I thought it was more of like a uh, kind of like adventure-esque type of game like mm. i thought it made an entire like universe based on like your music library and then like you kind of explored and maybe did some like combat and stuff out in space like it's very uh trippy looking like music music visualizer type of stuff uh and what it actually is is it's, it's a just small arenas like like i said it's got that trippy looking thing going on but what you're doing is you're just kind of flying around this small arena shooting these uh weird like chain chomp looking ball head things um as like your music pulsates in the background and i guess it's affecting the environment in some way but i really could not tell how um it's i mean it's interesting it's not something i'll probably play a lot of uh i think i only got it for like a buck or something anyway so it's like not like i broke the bank on that one but uh uh in terms of music being used in your games uh definitely nowhere near as good as audio surf or beat hazard right i've heard like the, the the most uh I guess striking commentary I heard about it was looks great, kinda sucks. I mean, I don't even know if I would say it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks interesting, um kind of visual chaos. Uh right. like so, yeah, I don't know if I'd say it looks great, but I don't know. It's interesting. Anything else it, stick out to you in your pile? Um, okay, I'll say some real quick stuff about other stuff. So uh Fallout 3, I'll, I'll say that I've been playing some more of that because I, I never beat it when I had it on the 360. Uh, or no, I got it on PS3, and uh, I played um, most of the way through. Um, didn't actually finish the main story, and 
stopped like I had about half of the entire like world map or whatever explored, but uh yeah, just kind of stopped. Uh, that may have been around the time I sold that. Pl- no, that was I had kept that play. I may have just traded in the game. Whatever. Anyway, um, so I'm playing it now on Steam on you know my P- my new PC, and I've had a lot of hard locks, which really suck. Um, because oh. the game doesn't do a lot of auto saving, and like for some reason it's one of those games where I don't I just don't think to save often myself. So I have been losing like some like decent amount of progress sometimes like when you're out. even with patches and everything it's well, still i mean i don't know if there's more patches i can go out there and get myself you know i just trust steam to patch it myself patch it on right its own. and that's what i would expect yeah so like i don't know like i've just it could be just a problem with my computer or some sort of settings of my own but like yeah the other night i was playing and i had three hard lock hard locks within the span of about Jeez. an hour or two um mm. But, uh, I mean, I definitely enjoy the game, but I, I, so I started a character and I was like aiming to make like a villainous type of character. And I don't know if it's just me with morality games, but it's hard for me to play a villain. Um, so like yeah. I made this character and I was like, I'm going to blow up Megaton, no spoiler. Yeah, whatever. Eh. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, like I was like, I'm going to blow up Megaton and I got there and I couldn't bring myself to do it. And so like, I have this like alcoholic, like asshole character who still won't do like the evil stuff <laughs> um, but then i like just, in terms of yeah I, I, that's his uh that my role-playing part of the game is that anytime i get any alcohol i had to drink it um <laughs> but uh that character kind of sucks because the problem with a game like fallout 3 and all fallout games i've noticed i don't know how new vegas is but like the only game fallout game that seemed to do a good job of letting you create any character and being able to beat the game with them or be able to like sustain yourself in the world was the first fallout like, you literally could make about any character and get to that game. In Fallout 2, you kind of had to make a combat character. In Fallout 3, especially, you need some sort of combat skills. Um, and even with this guy, I, like, focused him on melee and unarmed stuff. And right off the bat, I was, like, once I got onto the world, like, traveling from Megaton to any of the other settlements, I, like, was getting owned by raiders with pistols and stuff. So, like, and mm. my character's not, like, stealthy or anything. So my only option is to run up and hope I can beat the shit out of these guys before they kill me. And then basically have to force my character to use a gun, which is antithetical to the whole role-playing element right. of it. Right, right. Um, so I wound up scrapping, not really scrapping that character, but just st- stopped playing him and made a new character who's like an, uh, who's gonna specialize in small pistols and energy weapons just so I can, you know, guarantee that I'll be able to make it through the game. Um, that, that sounds, sorry to cut in, but that sounds similar to, to how one must play Alpha Protocol. Like you have to put your points in stealth and in aiming or whatever in order to actually be able to enjoy that game. Yeah. Like that kind of sucks. Like <laughs> they, they, sh- I don't know. They need to better balance their games for people who want to actually experience the games as other characters. Um, I know Alpha Protocol is not Bethesda, but uh, it's not right. Who made Alpha Protocol? It's Obsidian. That's- Obsidian, who okay, also so- made New Vegas. Yeah, so there's, so there's some tenuous family. link there. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, like I mean, either in any event, I still enjoy the world of Fallout Three, and uh, like I do want to actually get through it. Plus, I got the Game of the Year edition, which has all the downloadable content, which I never saw before. So I really want to like be able to make it to that, provided my you know game doesn't keep hard locking every couple minutes. Um, real quick about Civ Five. Uh, this is just a real quick thought on it that I, I noticed since last night was the first time I actually got to put in a good chunk of time into a, a game I set up that was not just a tutorial game. 
Um, so I played like a random se- random sieve, and then like you know like kind of base settings like a uh, continent style world and a standard uh, time frame things like that. Um, and I noticed that with the streamlining they did for Civ Five as opposed to Civ Four, I'm really able to focus on what I want to do in terms of like diplomacy and like how I'm interacting with other civilizations. Because in a game like Civ Four, I was just totally focused on okay, got to make sure I work this tile this way and you know oh. connect these with roads and like I was focused on my own s- settlement and civilization so much in Civ Four that I really didn't do much. With that, with the outside world in Civ Five, you know, I'm doing diplomacy, like making deals and trades and stuff with different civilizations. I actually made a naval fleet, which I never do in any Civ game, and went out and explored the world. Um, so it so better like, it better lets you um, see the bigger picture. Yes, I definitely feel that way, um, and like it's still just an amazing game of Civ. Like obviously, like I just. I, uh, the whole one more turn thing. I told my girlfriend. I think it was like two a.m. Like I- I'm gonna save soon and come to bed. And then yeah. you know it's like four thirty yeah. in the morning, and I'm like, <laughs> I really got to put this game to to bed for now. Meanwhile, Des um, is playing Angry Birds, waiting. She's like, um, no, I- she was already asleep. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then I mean, I have some stuff I want to say about Grand Theft Auto Four, but maybe I should save it because like I can go in depth on that. Um, I uh, t- while I was playing it, I sent out a lot of tweets uh, in regards to my thoughts on the game and. Uh, I mean, I, I guess a real quick thought on just Rockstar in general is that, like, I don't really remember. I didn't get through a lot of Red Dead, uh, but and I don't remember how they how if they fix this problem with that game. But I noticed with a lot of their games, you know, it's they make excellent characters, they make excellent stories, and it's all fucking ruined by the gameplay. Ugh. Um, but. You know, I enjoy the open worldness of Grand Theft Auto 4 and getting to like just cause chaos, but when I want to actually sit down and play through the story, all that gameplay <clears> gets <throat> in the way. Um and especially with the the failures in in their mechanics and stuff and just things like that. Uh, you know, combat's still not very good uh, as of Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh I, again, Red Dead I feel I remember corrected a little bit but still wasn't the best especially trying to do combat from horseback but that's just a separate story altogether yeah, I've heard things about that so um but yeah I mean like I loved Nico Bellic's story I loved him as a character in the context of the cutscenes you know like outside the cutscenes his characterization is completely you know you it's, it's schizophrenic it's, it's yeah. like not what <laughs> the game, not what the game is trying to portray him as. Yeah, that, but, that's the biggest complaint I heard about. That. I, I'm sorry to cut in, but it's just no, it's okay. Like, that's what 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 keeps people from really like internalizing him because it's like he's this guy and he has a story, but because Grand Theft Auto by nature is 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 asking the player to be him or herself through this avatar, which happens to be Nico. It's like what you do and what the game is trying to tell you are two completely different things. Sometimes, unless you yeah. try to play like his character, in which case you're not really playing the Grand Theft Auto game anymore. You're playing a story-based, a heavily story-driven game, which is, from what I hear, is not really Grand Theft Auto, which is not bad. It's just not what it is. Yeah, I mean, like, they try to force Grand Theft Auto-ness into the story with, you know, the mob ties and, like, right. crooked cops and, and drug dealers and things like that. Um, but... Even sometimes those characters can be very appealing. Um, you know, like uh, the gun runner, uh, like Rasta guy, uh, little Jacob in the game is my favorite character in the game. Uh, he, like, 
he's just awesome, and I can't even understand ninety percent of what he says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have subtitles on, so I, I half the time I just didn't know. And it's funny because even Nico Bellic does it himself, like where it's like you know, little Jacob will like say all his stuff, like, and then Nico will just be like, "Yeah, sure, yep." <laughs> uh, so it's like it, it's a good uh, representation of my feelings on that. But uh, yeah, like uh, again, the characters are amazing, and out of all the like Grand Theft Auto games I have played, and like any of Rockstar games that I've played and stuff, like the characters in this are my favorite characters in a Rockstar game so far. Um, Nico, uh, his cousin Roman, little Jacob, uh, the the Irish guy, Packy, uh, they're like, I don't know, really appealing characters. Um, I mean, even when I played Red Dead Redemption, John Marsden, like, I wasn't really like, like, I don't know, I didn't feel an t- attachment you to You weren't fitting that dude. Yeah, uh, that I felt with the, like, Nico and the characters from this game. Even, I, I just started uh, Lost in the Damned, and, uh, like, you're playing this biker guy and immediately after starting it, like, I don't know if it's because I played some Grand Theft Auto, like, you know, a few years back when it first came out or what, but like when I restarted it now, as soon as it started, like, like I felt this attachment to Nico as a character and I started lost in damn a couple nights ago or whatever. And like when it started, I just didn't feel that at all. Like mm. I feel like I'm just playing another Grand Theft Auto game type of thing, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe once I get more into it, I'll, I'll change my mind, but yeah. So those are my quick thoughts, like or not so quick thoughts on those games. And I played mm-hmm. so many games recently. Mass Effect Two, I could talk about, but I'll just save all this for next week or something. Alfie, what yeah. how you play? Uh, well, everyone knows I was playing Four Heroes of Light, and I think I'm a little over halfway through it because um, they're asking me to revisit places. Um, I'm playing Prototype, and that's a pretty fun game. It's weird. But it's fun. <laughs> um, I'm about halfway through that, and uh, I'm playing Donkey Kong Country Returns with Evelyn, and that's actually pretty fucking fun. I'm I'm not really a big fan of um, Donkey Kong Country, but this game really works on the formula and does it pretty well. I I I enjoy it when I play it, even though like sometimes I don't want to play it, but then when I actually want get into it, it's pretty entertaining playing co-op on that. Uh haven't touched my 360 in a while. On PC, I've been playing a plethora of games. Uh played a little Bioshock, a little bit of um Mass Effect, the original, again, because Austin's playing it, so he's conned me into Con. Uh, Con. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Con. Right. Con. Like Conrad Werner. Uh, oh jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm playing that again, which is really fucking with all my other progress in other games, but I really like Mass Effect that much. Um, I played a little bit of Grand Theft Auto 4, and uh, I must say that I really do like the, the personality of the game. Uh, the actual gameplay is still fucking Grand Theft Auto, which means that I'm probably going to have to like really force myself to play this game. Uh I, I want to at least say that I went through the story of one Grand Theft Auto game. I couldn't do it with three because uh, it's just impossible. Like, there's this one mission, the stupid throwing the grenades at the trucks mission, and I just can't do it. I, I fuck that game. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I also finished, um, uh, Twilight Princess which I have to say is an achievement for me because that was like the 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 Wii launch game that I got and I just finished it New Year's Day this year. Uh he he I made him uh put a Justin TV video up. Oh well, yeah, I was oh, saying nice. a lot I, of I it. it. Yeah, I think I played through a lot of like the final couple of dungeons. 
uh, well, before the final, final dungeon, uh, on, and I have it all available on Justin TV. And, uh, I'm trying to remember what I was playing on PC through Steam. I downloaded a shitload of games because I bought a shitload of games. I bought a bunch of, um, indie shit and I haven't really played much of it, but I did like touch on Gish a little bit and I did play yeah, like touch that gish. Yeah, yeah. touch that gish. Mm-hmm. It was sticky. Um sticky. I, I played Luminous for like three seconds. Uh I think I just went through a tutorial and then I had to go through something else. Um, bah, bah, bah. um I don't bah. think I played anything else. So I'll move on to what I really wanted to talk about, which uh I bought a, a a mobile game. I bought a, an Android game that happened to be Need for Speed Shift because oh? it was a dollar. Yeah, a I bought dollar? Need for Speed Shift for a dollar on Android Market. Um, and it's actually a pretty fucking cool game. It works? Yeah. yeah it, I mean, it's a racing game, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you tilt the phone to, to drive the car, but it's... Yeah. Uh, I'm playing on Rookie because I'm really not putting too much stock into the game. Uh, so, like, Rookie mode has driving assistance. Okay. So, it, like, accelerates. Well, it, in, I think in all the difficulties, it accelerates for you. But in some of the difficulties, you have to kind of do the braking and the drifting yourself. Uh, in the Rookie mode, there's a racing line that you can follow. And if you follow the racing line, it, like... I don't know if it does it if you don't follow race line because you get points for following racing line. So I'd rather just follow fucking race line. Uh, it does break for you automatically. So pretty much if you follow the racing line and you just, you know, keeping your focus on tilting the phone the right way, you will most likely win the race. I mean, I've, I've only really just started the game, but, um, I did the first race and it was like nothing. Excuse me. No problem Excuse at all. Excuse you. And, uh, yeah, it's bedtime. Uh, I, I, I like the game, and for a dollar, I think it's a really awesome value. I don't know if there's any, like, um, multiplayer or anything on it, but, uh, it's fucking cool. And the graphics are awesome. And the audio is fucking loud as hell coming out <laughs> of my phone speaker. Does it, uh, I mean, the, the, the quality is good. How about the performance? You, it's... The performance is excellent. It's smooth as a huh. motherfucker. And that's wow. on that's on the Samsung Epic 4G, which has a gigahertz processor. Oh, okay. I, I I'm still thinking that you are on your your hero. That's why. Ha! Yeah, right. <laughs> I that's why that I asked on the list. That's why I asked. I was like, huh? So no, I, I'm doing all sorts of things that I wouldn't do because I have a phone that's actually capable of doing shit. Porn. Titties. Uh, well, other than ass. that, titties. I'm done. Ass, ass, oh. titties, titties, ass, oh, and titties. <laughs> um. <laughs> More beer, always good. I um, I'm just got two things. First, Miles Edgeworth. Second is Mass Effect. Talk about Miles Edgeworth a little bit. Um, if you've played a Phoenix Wright game, you've basically played Miles Edgeworth, and it's enjoyable in that sense that the, uh, with all the deduction and exploration and adventure game tropes. But what what kind of bothers me? <coughs> excuse me. What kind of bothers me about it is its um logic system, which mm. basically as you explore and get information like. He, he'll randomly like take this information and be like, "Hmm, I wonder X Y Z like what what happened here because X Y Z." And it'll like, here's an example, I guess. Um, you you walk into a room and you're chasing at you're you're trying to investigate these two kidnappers and you walk into a the kidnappers hideout 
and you see three coffee cups, right? And so when you kick, click on examine the coffee cups, he goes, huh, there, 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 ha- there appear to be three recently used cups of coffee on this table, and it becomes a piece of logic. And then you see three chairs, and you're like, huh, it looks like three people were sitting here, and that becomes a piece of logic. So when you open up your logic screen, you have the three coffee cups and the three chairs. And the whole logic thing is you get two pieces of logic and you link them together to form a conclusion. And so you're like, all right, I'm going to pick the three cups of coffee and pick the three chairs and link them together. And the conclusion is there must be a third kidnapper. Now, Mm -hmm. you're going through all these steps when in a previous Phoenix Wright game, all that you'd really have to do is click on examine the three coffee cups and then go, huh, it looks like there were three people here and it becomes a piece of evidence. None of this rigmarole of going around and click. You know what I mean? It it kind of... it. It, it feels a little bit contrived. It's like they're forcing a play mechanic on you for deduction purposes when, honestly, in the past games, it worked just fine without you having to go through that overhead. Now, there's some pieces of logic that seem kind of intriguing, and they really make you think about how you link the two together. But overall, I don't think they do a great job of limiting, it, limiting the logic mechanic to really intriguing things that you have to think about and they, they throw all this easy stuff at you and it just it just becomes a burden. It's like, why should I bother doing this when I already figured out the answer? Or it's really, really easy to think about the answer, you know, and then just give me a piece of evidence, you know? So in that respect, it, it's a little bit clunky, but otherwise, you know, tried and true Phoenix Wright formula, or I should say Ace Attorney formula, you know, you're, you're not in court, but you're still questioning witnesses and people and you're still like rebutting their arguments. So it still has that back and forth to it and logic of it. So still yeah. I like it. Um, I put it a step below the rest of the Phoenix Wright games, though. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, the Ace Attorney games, though. Um, but Mass Effect. Now, this is a game that I'm sitting here going like, wow, I'm stupid for waiting so long to play this game. Um, I don't, I, I'm going to try to not hyperbolize it, but basically that kind of... My experience with it reminds me so much about the first time that I played Deus Ex and the first time I played through it, or played through like 90% of it before my save crashed. Um, oh. Yeah, I, it's like I still haven't beaten it to this day because like my save crashed and it's dead and it's gone. And every time I've tried to re-import my save, it, it'll still crash. So, But like that, that whole feeling of here is, here is this great RPG world with all the RPG mechanics that you, you, know, you know and you love, like getting items... Um, Getting experience and leveling up for things outside of combat, you know, like talking to people, exploring, um, yeah. customizing your character, all that crap. And then, you know, this, this great tale that's woven around it and this great universe. Um, but at the same time, you, you're not, I shouldn't say bogged down because I'm a fan of RPGs in general, but for the sake of argument, you're not, <coughs> quote unquote, <coughs> excuse me, God, <laughs> winter. You're not, quote unquote, bogged down with, uh, slower combat you you are shooting people in the face and i know that some people have problems with oh but it's all just dice rolls honestly i've never really had a problem with going up to someone and shooting them in the face and missing i've never had that problem um right well, wait that's what because do you mean I, by that problem you mean you've never in experienced that or you never had a problem with that occurring i've never had a problem with that occurring okay okay like like if i'm if i'm like right in front of someone and i pull the trigger like they go down i've never had the dice roll problem of like well i'm Right, I'm staring right at him, and I'm pressing the button. But then again, I don't use sniper rifles, you know. So. <laughs> I've heard jokes. Rob told me jokes about the sniper rifle. Like, if you aren't proficient in the sniper rifle, you could be like right up on top of somebody and shoot and miss. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. So then I guess like it's simply because I haven't chosen that path. But um, 
I don't know. I, I um, it, it's kind of that melding of, and it's not the shooting's not perfect. It doesn't feel the greatest, but it doesn't feel terrible, right? It's the same thing with Deus Ex. The shooting wasn't all that great, but it was it was manageable, and it was really all about the combined experience of just doing stuff. Uh, I I love the soundtrack in this game, just like I did in Deus Ex. Oh yeah. Um, I I love the person to person interaction, just like I did with Deus Ex. Um. Even though the voice acting is much better in this one, the production values are obviously better because they're using a, a more modern Unreal Engine. Uh, the way that Deus Ex used the Unreal Engine like when it first came out, oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> but um, the one thing I absolutely do not like at all is using the Mako, or the Mako, or whoever, however they pronounce it. And it's not because, it's, it's not because like, I'm like, oh, I hate the pl- planetary exploration. Like, I don't necessarily like that. I don't like the vast expanses of space. But I could deal with that if it weren't for the fact that on PC, I don't know how it controls in 360, but on the PC, not good. <laughs> not good. When when you're using WASD, like, okay, so I'm playing Crisis and I'm using W to move the truck forward and I'm pressing A to turn, D to turn, S to back up. In Mass Effect, like, if you hold down the A button to turn left, you start driving left. You don't turn, you drive. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't mm-hmm. give you it doesn't give you tank controls, which because we're not talking about a Resident Evil game, it, it's necessary for a, for driving on a PC in an action game. You need to. I, I want to be able to like steer left and right and not just automatically turn left, you know. And so that's made turning on a pin, uh, turning like on a dime and dodging missiles coming my way very difficult and very annoying because the car starts to drive in that direction, but it doesn't turn how I want. It, it's just, it's weird. Like and and I don't again, Pete. You you said it's very bad on the 360. I have no frame of reference, but if it's anything like you know it is on the PC, then ugh, you know. Yeah, I mean the the Mako controls have been a long com- long-standing complaint from anyone who's like you know really loved the first Mass Effect. It just was never any good. And, well, and it's a sh- sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, and I think that that's part of the reason why it's not in two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's a terrible um, uh, implementation. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that like. When I'm climbing, when I'm driving up mountains and the thing is just bouncing around and like nothing can touch it and like nothing can knock it over, like it's bad, it's a badass vehicle. I'm like, cool. But then when someone starts shooting me and I have to turn around and die, I'm just like, not cool. Please stop. Like just, you know, it's, it's, it's needlessly complicated, not complicated. It's needlessly kludgy. And it, 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 it brings down what otherwise I think would be like, I, I don't believe in perfect games. So I'm not going to say that, but what b- would be like just a, a a a flaw, almost a flawless experience for me. Like with Deus Ex, it was the the Unreal Engine. With Mass Effect, it's the Mako, and it's just like uh, if if they would just make Mass Effect One without the Mako or with a better vehicle. And I know Mass Effect Two doesn't have it, but I'm saying Mass Effect One, you know, because they're two different games. Mm-hmm. If they had that with a better vehicle, if they remade the original Deus Ex in the Unreal Three engine and put it to good use, like like probably top five all time, top ten all time on my list, but because of those problems, it's, it always comes down to technical issues. Um, but I, I made um, I made a female shepherd, and I thought everyone's head was too big and craggy, so like I tried to reduce the size of her face, but apparently <laughs> doing so, like there's this part of her temple which juts out because I made like the cheekbones too. So what, at, at odd angles, she looks like she has a really really bulbous head. Nice. And have it's you, really have you noticed the necks on the females? How they have like giraffe style necks? I didn't <laughs> notice that. I, I get a look. No, at I didn't it. notice. Yeah, yeah, my female shepherd in Mass Effect One, and like Upper. actually, I noticing even in Mass Effect Two with the one I imported, like has this like fucking elongated neck that looks freaky as hell. 
that's fucking hilarious. You got to take a screenshot of that. Um, but um, yeah, it's like from the profile, she looks fine. From behind, she looks fine. From the front, she looks fine. But when she turns her head, it's like, hey, look, bulbous. And I'm just like, oh, God, why? Why? Why didn't I change the hair? But um, six more minutes before we die, so I have to hurry this up. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, so I, so I made the female shepherd, and I'm doing everything Paragon because I just can't bring myself to be an ass in the game. Like I don't want, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. So everything I do is so diplomatic. Um, I, I'm trying to screw everyone except for Caden because like <laughs> they don't, they don't have. Do they have like male homosexual sex? I in, don't in believe so. It's only it's only it's only male female or female female, right? Yeah. So then or, I'm, I'm, or like, me fam- male female slash uh, alien, but <laughs> not not like this is a big deal or this strikes a personal chord. But I feel bad that like if if, if you know if someone wanted to play the male gay storyline, they can't. You know, so I'm kind of like in in defiance. I'm like fuck that. I'm not going to have heterosexual <laughs> sex in this game at all. Then I'm not going to go after Caden. Well, that's what I tried to correct it in Dragon Age. Oh, they yeah. They, they let you do that? Okay. Oh yeah. Cool. Big time. <laughs> so, um but yeah, uh don't know why I waited this long. Uh the characters are great and I think my favorite part about the characters is me going down to the third deck, going up to Rex after I've exhausted all my con- conversation trees and just going just just hitting converse and then hitting goodbye because the ensuing Shepherd. conversation yeah, the, the the conversation is being Shepherd. <laughs> Shepherd. Rex. Shepherd. Rex. <laughs> like Every time I'm down there, if I'm going to talk to Ashley or I'm going to talk to Garrus or anybody else, I always stop by Rex and at least and do the Shepherd Rex exchange at least three times, and then I move on. It's That's like an OCD, it's like an OCD thing. I just I just need to hear him go Shepherd. <laughs> um, and I think it was the giant bombcast that was talking about like one of the DLC expansions that goes onto the Krogan planet, and like the like for for about thirty seconds straight, like all four cast members were just going Shepherd, 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 Shepherd. Um, and apparently I sound like a robot now, so if it comes out bad on the recording, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but um, yes, Mass Effect, there we go. I'm done. Woohoo! Pete, did you remember anything else that you forgot? Uh, well, me and Al will talk about WoW next week. Oh, wow, that's right. Okay. Cataclysm. Yes, Cataclysm. Now that uh, we are on a regularly scheduled uh, shit again, uh, we will have another episode coming every week, as we did before the break. Um, if you haven't heard it yet, catch the clip show that's on the RSS feed. You can also catch our weird news charlabite with me and al and then you can also catch the back of the box theater reading uh before uh before we recorded that charlabite with me and al so check the rss feed there is some vacation content that you may not have seen so yeah but um now we're going to pimp stuff so pete what are you pimpage semi-important mr steam thing um i started a new project uh basically if those of you who are into Steam may have, you know, remember right before the holiday sale, they did a treasure hunt thing where it was like kind of like a contest. You unlocked achievements, gained entries into their raffle drawings to win prizes, and uh, they should have kept doing it because I thought it was a brilliant idea and definitely gave me a new interesting way to like play Steam games that I otherwise otherwise wouldn't play. Um, so I've taken it upon myself to try to like start that up or keep it going in some way. So. Uh, right now, you can go to uh, on the Steam Community tab in Steam. You can go just search for Steam Boost, S-T-E-A-M-B-O-O-S-T. 
Um, it'll show up as S-T-M-B-O-O-S-T because they don't let you actually have the word Steam in your group name. But uh, <laughs> if you join the community group thing and do the challenges I post, I will enter you into a raffle to win a game that I will gift you, you know, valued at whatever I decide is a good value. Uh, once the group, if the group grows, well, right now it's $5 or less, uh, but if the group grows, I'll be willing to, like, give bigger prizes. Like You, sh- um, you should have spelt it S-T-E-E-M. <laughs> Um, but either way, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I own steamboost.com and I'm going to try to do something with it. I was thinking about doing a podcast, but I recorded one and it came out terrible. So I'll put that oh. on hold for now. <laughs> so right now, just the community tab in steam has stuff and you can follow steam boost on Twitter as well as me, you know, Riven R Y V V N. What was your uh, podcast? It just was me all by myself and it didn't sound very good. And I oh. sounded like my episode one of game slays radio. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that again. Um, so yeah, but yeah, check it out. Um, I mean, all you do is join the community, play games, and win prizes. You know, have a chance to win prize. So, like, you know, not very hard. So, if you're in Steam, go check it out. How much time is left on your recording? A minute and a half. Okay, Riven at Twitter.com. I mean, Twitter slash Riven. Twitter slash Dreadmage. Twitter slash NerdAlert. <coughs> I, for- I forgot if your NerdAlert is with a three. It's, it is three in the nerd. N3RD alert. Nerd underscore alert. I'm going to follow you right now. Yeah. I already followed you, so you oh, should. Oh, how sweet. Uh, EveryoneLovesDinosaurs.com, www.SharkVersusOctopus.com, TryGames.net, uh, XLM2K.blogspot.com, buy Al's album on Amazon or iTunes. Baca Forte. Or, okay, I have the album. album. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm a bad friend. Oh, nice, but you have it. That's good. Uh, uh, what's the album called for those out there, and where can they find it? It's called Vuela Letal. Oh, I wanted to pri- try to pronounce it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, at it Amazon, iTunes, Zune. Uh, <clears throat> digstation.com, uh, search for Roca Fuerte. You can check uh, rocafuertemusica.com oh, for lyrics right. and music. All right, all right. Say, say the name once more because I didn't hear it. rocafuertemusica.com. No, the, the album name. Vuelo Letal. Vuelo Letal. Okay, so there you go. Um, we print more shit later, but uh, Pete has to go, so we have to sync up. So for Pete. Bye. For James. Thank you. For Al. Peace out. I'm your host, Austin, Mr. Chimano. We're out. Did we make it, Pete? Yep. Eight seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be right back. All right. (laughs) Can I just fart? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I needed that break. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, you're coughing like every 30 seconds. You're like, Where'd you get that pool party thingy? (laughs) There's a bunch of Skype icons that you have to type in, but there's not. Did you type, like, pool party? Yeah. There you go. It's whatever when you... when you scroll you over it, slash, or do you use like brackets, P- parentheses? I'm always a fan of the, of the Y cleavage. What is it? Can't do the podcast anymore. What is it? It's a fucking Irish cider. That sounds delicious, though. No, yeah. it's they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, give me one more second. I need to get rid of this somehow and get an actual <laughs> one of my beers because I can't drink this. Do the obvious. The one and only Slunky Donkey. Is tweeting for us today. I got a stack of cheese. <laughs> Bellucci has a stack of cheese. Uh-huh. I need to eat something. I can't drink beer. and not eat something. Hey, slugs. Uh-huh. Let's sync up with three, two, one, bam. All right, was like three. Ah, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> all right, all right, let, all right. Ready, ready. Okay, three. Bam. Uh, two. You fucker. <laughs> three, two, one. Bam. bam. Uh, <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs>